Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. My name is Joey Cronwell, and I am one of your hosts here today with Paul Execute, episode 66. Grosskopf, how are you doing, sir? Doing well. My plans to control the Senate and eliminate the Jedi are going swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a different nickname for you, but I saw that it was episode 66, and I was like, I can't pass that up. Yeah, on the, the eve of our most holy holidays, Obi-Wan Kenobi Day. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It, like a little Joey inside your head just whispered, do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, yeah, tomorrow for us is Obi-Wan Kenobi Day, and... You'll, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening on Obi-Wan Kenobi Day. So happy Obi-Wan Kenobi Day. We're very excited about that. Part of me is like, we got to do an episode about it or to like talk about it on an episode or something. It might have to just be us. Maybe we'll have to do a secret like yes. 66.5 episode or something. Yes. Because um, we have like, we have these long chats on our own about stuff. And part of me is like, why don't we just fucking record them? You know what I mean? Like, That's so true. Podcasts. So. Yeah, well, maybe, um, maybe, yeah, you'll get a, and you know what? We say, like, I would describe it as a bonus, and yet it will be at least twice as long as a normal episode <laughs> of the show. So, <laughs> about each episode, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But, but, I, but I, I'm not, I'm, I'm mostly serious about that. I think, like, you know, because we have these big talks and, you know, I, they're very similar to how the podcast is structured, but, you know, and we're pretty conversational. I don't know. We'll talk about it. I think we should do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll just at the talk. very least, we'll be mentioning it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because there, there's going to be much to discuss because they are, they're going to, they're going to, they're giving us two right off the, the bat, which I um, learned from you just now, which is incredible. But uh, after that, it's going to be it's going to be slim pickings one one week, you know, for for however long, like the a month and change past that point. So we're going to we're going to it's going to be on our minds for for a while. (laughs) And I I wondered why they did that. Like if that article that I read was correct, that they're doing two episodes on release day. I'm like, why? Like, that seems so weird because they're trying to space it out to make sure people keep their subscriptions and all that stuff. But then I was like, maybe they actually take their time with the setup and the first episode is kind of slow and ends like on a little bit of a cliffhanger or something. I'm like, I don't mind that. I actually like that. When you try to jump into the action too much and you're like, we've got to get people hooked. I feel like sometimes you are like foregoing intricate dramatic setups that will pay off greatly later, you know? So I would, I would be okay with that. I don't know why they're doing two episodes in one day, but... I'm kind of hoping it's something like that. Or they accidentally drop off them at once and we just get them in real quick. Yeah. Before they fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if they did that, I would be up all night watch because I'm probably going to watch it whenever it drops like at midnight or something. I don't know when they drop, but I'm going to be watching first thing. So, ah, man, uh, I'm excited. What a great time to be alive in the Star Wars. I know. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I know. I'm also excited about, so did you see, so I saw recently that the um, studio that made Siphon Filter for the original PlayStation said on Twitter that they're going to be including trophies in the new release of Siphon Filter for the PlayStation Plus additional tiers that are coming out. And so and this is from an article from Polygon. Uh, it said that classic PlayStation games on PlayStation Plus will probably have trophies. So this studio confirmed it, and 
Polygon points out that Sony has um, applied and been awarded a patent in March of 2021 for a software system that would, using emulation, detect triggering events and award trophies to players on modern consoles. Oh. So that, to me, sounds like these all these classic games that they're releasing, these old PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 games that didn't have trophies, and some of the PlayStation 3 games that didn't have trophies, will have trophies now. And as a trophy hunter... That's so exciting. Like that gives you an incentive to play these games. It's not just like, oh, they're there. You've played them before. It's nice to have access to them. It's like, oh, I love that game. Let me go get some trophies for the game that I love. So I'm I'm super excited about that. How do you feel about it? I think it's great. And especially if they're kind of they they take a real game by game approach to doing it. So like as opposed to just like having a uniform model for applying them, like boss fights, you know, game oh, yeah. milestones, whatever. Like, cause I think a great trophy is one that like highlights sort of a weird quirky aspect of like a game you're playing or like makes you appreciate something that you're doing in the game that you wouldn't have noticed, like without like the trophy kind of coming in. Like I love those kinds of things. So like if they're really creative and fun and kind of like, do what a good trophy does, which like lets me look at a game with like a, like a different perspective or like a, in this case, like, you know, like a, a whole new perspective. Cause some of these games will be, you know, games I maybe haven't played for like, you know, almost 20 years at this point, like that, ah, oh, that, that, that's exciting. So yeah, I hope, I hope they do it. Um, like you say, like sort of across the board. And I hope that, yeah, they, they, um, really, they really take their time with um, each of the individual games because, yeah, that, that that totally incentivizes me to replay things. Otherwise, as you say, I might be like, eh, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe, but yeah, or, or games like Siphon Filter, which I didn't, I don't have much of an interest in playing. Like, it's not, it wasn't a game for me at the time. It doesn't seem like a game for me now. It probably hasn't aged, compl- you know, super gracefully. But now I'm like, oh, there's trophies. Like, if I have downtime and I'm looking for a game to mess around with, that gives me something to, like, I'll just fuck around. Maybe I'll get a few trophies and, like, see where it goes from there. But, like, I'm now I'm excited because, well, I probably did, the Resident Evil remake, because it was released for PlayStation 4, so that probably has trophies. But I don't know if I have them. Now I'm like, damn, now i got to play that game. Ooh, are you going to play Batman and Robin for the PS1 if they put in trophies? I would. <laughs> I mean, that you made that game sound pretty fun, so... Yeah, well, 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 what if, I mean, this is, like, non-trophy related, but what if, like, in Bring Them Back, like, they address, like, on PlayStation 1 games that, like, you know, maybe the PlayStation 1 couldn't, like, run it very well or whatever, and then suddenly just, like, so yeah, like, suddenly, like, really janky games that people, like, dismiss because of their jankiness are, like, the most incredible games we've ever seen, (laughs) and, like, they're they're retroactively being added on, like, Japan's, like, 100 most beloved, you know, games of all time (laughs) list, and Batman and Robin the game is, like, the new (laughs) Ocarina of Time, and everyone's like, like, oh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> they port Superman 64 to the <laughs> somehow to get the rights for that. And it's like so smooth. And the buildings are like they they didn't remake it in Unreal Engine, but they like just ported it and just applied the textures and everything. And it looks beautiful. Oh, that would be hilarious. Oh, that'd be that'd be incredible. And yeah, yeah, suddenly. <laughs> suddenly no one gets stuck on that first stage ever again and like they make it through the entire game (laughs) so seamlessly (laughs) (laughs) which by the way man i i know that there's a wonder woman game coming so i'm hoping that we see more from that soon but 
I and maybe I I did we didn't have the tech for it, but man, I want a Superman game. Yeah. And like the again, like the tech would require if you wanted to like a, a good Superman game or like a Superman game that's going to make you feel like Superman would require that it probably has like destructible buildings and things like that because you're going to be getting thrown through buildings because that's like a Superman thing. So, but I feel like we're at that point now. Like we can make with Unreal, like that whole Matrix demo was to show, look at this massive living city that you can make with these tools pretty simply, like compared to previous massive cities. So give us Metropolis, give us, you know, Superman stuff. So who would, who would be like, um, a primary villain you would want to see in a Superman game? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, Because I would want someone that, I mean, you know who I weirdly love? And I would love to, in this, I think, if the team that made the Arkham games made a Superman game, you know you would see Bizarro Superman in there. I was going to say Bizarro Superman. And like, (laughs) I wouldn't want him to be like the villain or anything like that, but have there be a, 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 a thing in there with them fighting, I think. Or like, you know, I don't know. That would be awesome. Like a little side thing, I think would be really fun. And then yeah. DLC where you play as Bizarro Superman. Yeah. <laughs> the whole game. Me, yeah. me, yeah, What about you? Who would you want? Yeah. Um, that him definitely. Um, I would love. I would love to do like a full like metropolis city epic boss battle with like doomsday doomsday but like doomsday of the oh, comics shit, yeah. yeah and i think that that would be incredible like that as, as a set and, and especially like thinking of like how rocksteady approached like the arkham games like they do these big watershed boss fights like that being like the gigantic watershed boss fight but it's an unreal you know, so it's like the city is massive and like destructible and you're just like, you're just going at it. Like that would be, oh, that'd be incredible. See now, but now I'm like, when, as soon as you say that my brain starts going into like writing mode or like narrative mode. And I'm like, no, 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 that would be game three because I would want game one to be like in Metropolis. You're getting used to the city and they make you love the city. Like you do in the Spider-Man game where you love New York because they make it so lively and like full of life and all that stuff. So I want, that to be the first game and you're fighting like it's kind of like Elden Ring where there's like bosses throughout the city. Um, there's a whole underground subway system, all that stuff. And then the second game, you go away because new environment. They want you to like break out of that mold a little bit. And if my memory serves in in Dooms in the Doomsday books, Superman's not in Metropolis right away. That's why like the Justice League of America, I think, has to come in and try to fight him and slow him down. And like Superman shows up. And is like, oh, okay, I got this. But like, he's called in because he's, I think he's away. So a second game would be like you're out of, you know, there. You're maybe like helping in Gotham or something. And then the third game, you come back and you're like, oh, I remember this city. Like, oh, all these great times I had in the first game. And then you just get knocked through it, and like you see it like crumbling and like falling yeah. apart, and like that. That would be so awesome. You know, who I would also it? love Dark Side. Yeah. Oh, I. Love Dark Side, yes. Yeah. That is an excellent pick. Oh man, no, I agree. I think he's my favorite. Yeah, he's so cool. Well, I was gonna say, you know what villain I want in the game? Fucking Batman. 
Oh, fucking, oh, oh man. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> like Dark Knight Returns, like he's got the suit. Oh, he's, he's like, yeah. I love too in the comic, he's like plugged into like a street lamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, oh, I, I love that shit. Oh, it's so good. Oh. And he's rec- he's recruited like Green Arrow to shoot. You <laughs> yeah. Know, the Kryptonian. <laughs> yes, yes. You could do stuff. Ah, that would be so fun. God damn it. So good. Like that could be like DLC or something. So you know? good. And just, yeah, and just take, just take from there. There are decades of wonderful Superman stories. You just, you just take the best shit and you remix it and put it in your game. Rocksteady. Oh man, I'm so yeah. in. I'm so in. Uh, and we're kind even, of, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, we're going to get some Superman, I'm assuming, in Justice, in um, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, but it's not the same. We're not playing as Superman. Uh, yeah. There's so many things in the comics that they haven't tapped into. Like, I would love to see a Blackest Night run, which seems impossible again. I mean, not just in terms of licensing, but in terms of scope. Um, but as that, I guess that might be like an ongoing service thing where you just keep rolling out new characters and, you know, new, the rings keep seeking out new characters. So it's like, oh, now this new character is joining the fray. So I think that would be really cool. And I, I loved the Batman Superman crossover books or that's that whole series. Of course, they're friends in that, so they wouldn't be fighting. But right. yeah, I loved, loved those books. So I don't know that that would, that would transfer well, but I guess what I'm, well, now that I'm saying all of this, I want a DC comics platform that you create and it's like a shared world. And so you have crossover events and stuff. So you have the Suicide Squad game and the Gotham Knights game and a Superman game and a Wonder Woman game. And it's all on the same platform. So, and I don't, I don't mean console platform. I mean like software platform. So then you can do these really cool, fun crossover events. And with something like that doomsday, and you could even rewrite it a little bit and have Batman show up and like try and help, but you know, he wouldn't be able to, or even Wonder Woman. They, they did that in the justice league movie. We're getting way too off track. We're yeah. going into comic book nerd area, but yeah, but super Superman game. Like now's the time to try it again. Yeah. Yep. Yes. The dust is settled from Superman 64. We can, we can do it. We can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that I, I saw in the news was the Raven software employees uh, won their u- unionization vote. So they're the, now the first union at Activision Blizzard and the second union within a major u.s game publisher so this is from gameinformer.com um, and links for both of these uh, articles will be in the show description of course but the article says the game workers alliance a union of raven software quality assurance employees has successfully voted to become officially recognized by activision blizzard that makes them only the second formal union in the north american video game industry following video game unionizing in December 2021, and the first major within a first within a major U.S. game publisher, um, according to the Washington Post, the Milwaukee branch of the Labor National Labor Relations Board (NLRB) counted mailed-in ballots submitted by eligible Raven employees. Out of 22 ballots, 19 voted yes and three voted no. Um, parties have until May 31st to file an objection. If no one does, then the result becomes official, which seems likely. Um, and I this is cool and i'm glad that more companies are doing this but i am also a little bit like i i think what's what i'm catching up i'm getting caught up on was um they've successfully voted to become officially recognized by activision blizzard 
So they voted, but does Activision Blizzard have to recognize them? I guess that's that's where I'm a little bit caught up. Like, yeah, well, what if Activision Blizzard's like that's nice, but we're not treating you any differently. Well, and they're so small. Well, also, I think the, I mean it is great. It is a great thing, and I I think it's awesome. And I just yeah. think that we need to collectively, you know, keep keep a close eye on how things develop because just a few months ago, um, Activision Blizzard were moving members of this particular team, like spraying them out across different departments in an attempt to avoid this exact situation. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that their efforts to, um, diminish this or, you know, keep the scale of, you know, sort of, employee unions, you know, to a, a, a minimum because, yeah, this is, um, like, a, a, yeah, like a very small instance of this, but I, I yeah, I, I just, I worry what Activision Blizzard's sort of, like, long-term response is going to be. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep watching and see. Yeah, I hope it's just one small step in just changing corporate culture in video games and the idea, because one of the complaints from early on that people had about Activision Blizzard in particular was that they would leverage their name recognition against employees and say, basically, well, you should feel lucky that you work here. Like, you're getting something. Like, we're not paying you what other companies would pay you, but it's because you get that. I think they called it like the Blizzard bump or something where, you know, this looking at this on your resume is going to be so valuable. So if you go somewhere else you're definitely going to get a job. And it's like, well, that might be true. That's absolutely no reason to underpay or to like not give those people the same protections or opportunities. And again, just a small example of the kind of bullshit that this is, this unionizing is a response to, but I just hope that it, again, we're moving away from that. It's a small step, but I do think or hope that it's an important one. Well, and that's even before we get into the kinds of misconduct that, you know, the allegations have been sort of um, they've been dealing with for the past what year or two years now um, yeah. and 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 union unions are a vehicle for employees to change those working conditions and have a real voice in changing those conditions as opposed to right now um, you know unless your name is Bobby Kotick <laughs> you, 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 you have anybody in the, the company has like fairly limited control you know <laughs> over over changing those things so yeah it's the, but you know I don't want to I want to be too cynical because it's cool it's a good thing they did yeah. the vote the, the, the you know the, the voting process happened outside of my home state Wisconsin which is great so yeah huzzah you know go go Wisconsin <laughs> in that regard um yeah and yeah no I I just hope for the best you know as we move forward and yeah as you say uh, the first step in a longer journey towards you know uh, better treatment of workers in the gaming industry uh, how do Wisconsinites feel about people from Illinois? Is it true they have a pretty low opinion of them? Unfortunately, yes. I I don't think, obviously, it's not like everybody in Wisconsin feels this way, but it is like a cliched thing to like pick on like Illinois drivers or like, you know, other things like that. But But yeah, I don't know. It's like the same, like, I feel like 
in a lot of different states, like whoever your neighbors are, that's the trend. So like here in Nebraska, like there are jokes about like people from Iowa and you know, <laughs> whatever. And then I was in Illinois and I was just getting, I was just hearing the same thing about Wisconsinites, you know? <laughs> oh, I was, well, I was going to ask you about Indiana. Like how do people from Wisconsin feel about Indiana? Cause I feel like Indiana is the primary punching bag for Illinoisans like myself included growing up. I know now I'm an adult, so I understand it's stupid to classify and to generalize and all that stuff. But, um, but I hated driving through Indiana when I was a kid. And I don't know if it was the influence of like my parents and adults being like Indiana sucks, or if it's just like leaving the city, like Chicago where we lived and going into Northeastern Indiana, which is like very industrial and there's a lot of factories and it's kind of ugly and smelly. And then, moving into like the country where I don't know, again, it was like we would stop at places and eat really bad food and it's just bad, stupid little things like that where you just confirm that, that belief, that bias. Right. Um, but how do you guys feel about Indiana? Is it like <laughs> there's I, enough of a buffer? I don't know about Wisconsin generally. My parents had a very bad stop in Indiana on a vacation they took a couple of years ago, like just the two of them. <laughs> Since then, <laughs> they've been making plenty of offhand comments about people from Indiana <laughs> not being very nice. So if you ask uh, the the gross coughs, they uh, <laughs> they yeah they 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 uh, don't have many kind things to say. <laughs> So our official podcast stance is that the people from Indiana are great, but your state sucks. Let's just say that. I don't know. That's probably fair. They yes. probably think that, right? Yes. <laughs> I don't know that I love Illinois. Yeah. But, but if, if if you disagree and you, you want us to, to eat our words and you're going to, and you have plenty of examples to show why email us at pretty pixels. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. Be, <laughs> wouldn't that be some shit? Our first real like listener email. Is like, Fuck you. I'm from Indiana. You fucking Illinois piece of shit. I know. Um, and then the whole podcast becomes us just like baiting listeners yeah. by saying like, uh, um, breath of the wild, more like crystal meth of the smile. <laughs> and they're like, that's so stupid. And I'm I like, I think they would just be confused by that. They'd be I like, know. wait, is that it? What is that? I know. And then they would write in, they'd be like, that made no sense. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so let's turn. It's not even like hot takes. It's like just trolling. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be just every episode. I'll try to find a way to be like, how do you feel about people who like eggs? Like, well, I mean, eggs themselves are pretty smelly. That's all I'm gonna say. But um, <laughs> yeah, someone's like, "Yeah, they are smelly. They smell good. Why don't you eat them, Joey?" <laughs> I'm like, I would, man. I could go for an egg salad sandwich right now. That sounds so good. Yeah, um, or like a, a tasty diner skillet. Ah, uh, Pueblos <sighs> Rancheros. Oh mm. shit! Yum. It's now, backfiring. Now, it's not- <laughs> <laughs> now we end. This is the first 20 minute long Pretty Pixels podcast because <laughs> we both leave to go <laughs> yeah. pick up food. <laughs> to be continued with Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode one and two. But um, what have you been playing? I think I know because you. I know what you're, I know you're still, you haven't finished a certain game, but what, what have you been, what have you been playing, sir? Yeah. So I, um, am still Elden ringing it up and having a great old time while doing it. Um, yeah, I'm taking, so this is like, 
I got as far as the consecrated snowfield, and I feel like I'm starting to get in sort of like end game times. So I've lately I've been um, grabbing items that I haven't gotten, visiting places I haven't been to. By the way, that one cave, it's where you get the golden scarab. That cave oh, that is filled with like scarlet rot swamp water. Fuck that place. That place is yes. horrible. Oh my god. Horrible, I, yeah. I, I, and I went there late. I'm a, like a late level character. Those bosses were nothing to me. And yet the greatest boss of all was that fucking cave where I just would die, you know, <laughs> trying to find the, um, the right path to get down to them. And, and they knew what they were doing too because they didn't include a, um, a, uh, a stick of Mark. Uh, like checkpoint outside of it either so like yep. I went in my first hit I took like over half of like the boss's health off and I was like yes <laughs> and then I died of scarlet rot and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's so and, the, and that's why I think that their game design is just antagonistic because yeah. like the enemies in that in that dungeon too will do things like knock you right into the scarlet rot or stagger you or whatever and it's like so you're and isn't there in one point? Isn't there a giant plant in a corner that also poisons you? Yeah. Am, I, am I thinking of the right yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you are. Ah, man, yeah. yeah. And that's why, like, when Tab helped me, I was like, I needed Tab's help to beat the boss because I wasn't high level. I wanted to get the Golden Scarab to level up. Um, and then I was able to help Tab because Tab then didn't have to go through all of the, like you said, the pathfinding of like, how do I get to the boss? I was like, I can get to the boss because I've died a bunch of times getting there. I just need you to help me kill the boss. Right. So. Right. Well, the boss has a friend, too. So if you're early level, you're like, what? There's two of them. God damn it. You know? Yeah. And there's a boss later. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. There's another duo later that has an interesting twist to their thing. I just leave it at that. I don't want to. Is a frustrating duo leader. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> they, yeah, and they have, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, I'm thinking about like some of their previous games and like some of, yeah, the most challenging bosses are when, yeah, you have to manage two enemies at once. Um, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to, to, to meet them. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm getting close. I have to be getting close, but, um, I'm so did you just get to the consecrated snowfields? So I went there, um, finished uh, Laterna, Latina, Latina's whatever the the wolf girl um, who is the archer is very cool. I finished her quest, oh, so I got a um, somber dragon smithing stone. Yeah, yeah. took took my moon veil up to ten, um, and then I got a ton of other materials um, from there because like throughout the you know, you get occasionally very early on in the game, they'll throw you some advanced smithing materials, but a lot of them they hide later on. And you're like, you know, you're late in the game and you need like a um, level eight somber stone, for example. And like, you're going through the sewers under the capital and they're like, look, don't you love the six level fives that we just gave you? It's like, 
okay, but that's not yeah. what I wanted. You know, <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah, you're like you on on Christmas where you have the box full of Super Nintendo games instead of N64 <laughs> games. You're like, well, I appreciate that you're throwing me a bone, but yeah, yeah. I guess these are good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll need them. <laughs> exactly, but that that region, on the other hand, like I killed an invader. She just gave me a summer, like a dragon summer smithing stone um, from killing her. Um, I did that quest. I found another one just hanging out in a cave. Like it's like yeah, yeah. They, they have so many of them. So that's been that's been really nice, and I've been doing that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the main thing I've been doing there. But yeah, sorry. What what was your your question? Yeah, after that, I feel like I skipped. Oh, ahead. I was just curious because that that area. I mean, I think so. You said you finished um, like. Turnia, I can't remember her name either, but you finish her quest, which is pretty deep into that area. So you were like exploring that area, and so you're you're close to the to the fire giant. So I'm really excited for you to because I've also been playing Elden Ring this week, but almost exclusively fighting the fire giant with Tab. <laughs> so Tab got to the this boss, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to help me out with this boss?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Well, actually, I think we got to the boss together. We had like fought through the area, fought some, you know, little scrubs and stuff like that. And so we got to, and one of the, this is one of the weird little things that I'm like, they need to patch and fix it because like when we are playing co-op and we get to a boss area that the host player, so in this case tab has not been to yet, they can just walk into the boss area and I can't, there's a fog gate, but they don't see the fog gate. So it's confusing because then like they can walk through, I can't like. And we've run into that a couple of times and we didn't know that that was the case. But I think it's because the game is like, you don't, you can't be here because we're going to do the cutscene, So you have to wait out here. But um, once, once we like either die or uh, fight the boss, like tab goes through the, the, you know, the initial cutscene, then the fog gate appears for both of us and we can both walk in. So, I don't know what they would do to patch that out, but it was, it was very confusing at first. We were like, why? Because it, it was in a different part of the game where we were trying to get through, and we just needed to get through a room, and there was a fog gate. And we're like, why Why can't I get through? Like, why can you get through? And it just was very confusing. But what they need, yeah, so you're almost there. What they need in that moment is a little, like, Ronnie doll in the corner of the screen going, just yes. wait, just wait. And then she does, like, a little dance while the cutscene's playing, and she's like, go in there. <laughs> I... So this is that whole creepy big brother watching you thing. But of course, as, as soon as I started talking about Ronnie, the do- or Ronnie, the witch, but the Ronnie doll too, Instagram was showing me advertisements of people who are making little Ronnie dolls. And I'm like, Oh God damn it. This is, this is dangerous. Like I would, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. Talk to her. Yeah. She's like, so adorable. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm mad at you. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. She's like, mm, stop talking to me. Okay. I guess. But, uh, oh, but right. by the way, how they did my boy, Eiji, I don't know if you went back to him after the end of Ronnie's quest line. Oh, the, um, the Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. The war strategist or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Got, they got him. Oh, wait, what? They got him? I went back to him a few times. Uh, yeah, I thought I went back to him a few times and he was like still 
willing to like smith stuff for you and stuff yeah maybe um ah, maybe damn. maybe check in on him um no <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was so nice i was like oh it's nice to have a, like a good person because the other dude i don't remember his name Blythe. yeah fuck that guy well he um yeah well they got him too in a different way uh i saw that one because there's a side quest that you do for another witch uh and if i was reading the situation correctly he was basically like keeping her as a slave or a captive at the very least and oh no that's a different guy oh is it yeah yeah that's a witch hunter guy no someone someone was you find Blyde's like a mask that resembles his face like behind one of the towers on near ronnie's Mm. rise and someone's been like impersonating him and then convinces Iji to trap him because like he thinks like he's like going crazy or whatever and he's like saying all this stuff and then he breaks free and he's like paranoid and he thinks people are messing with him but they are and then he attacks you and then you're forced to kill him damn yeah it's, i wish i would have done that it's crazy and then they just killed that douchey sorceress or sorcerer sorry not sorceress sorcerer Sel- selvis or whatever um which i wasn't that mad about when i found his body i was like okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> this guy sucks yeah <laughs> you'll notice too when ronnie's like tell blind and izzy i love them she does not mention him <laughs> she's like oh, oh that's true and yeah. to say if you see the other guy tell me go fuck himself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, but that's why it was also sad that she didn't say oh and also i love you i was like all right well <laughs> you're like aren't you missing somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one, one more helpful friend yeah. and <laughs> maybe like a newer person who's like yeah. coming to your life named joey or yeah. or kilvia plath if you're paul <laughs> right well i think that's yeah i think I always felt silly when other people would invade me or when I had to, there's a mission where you have to go invade other people's worlds. Cause so many people either have like clever names like yours, like, you know, kill via Plath or tabs is scary. Is Houdini. Yeah. Scary Houdini. Or they have Elden ring fantasy esque appropriate names. Yeah. Like they'll be like Arcanus has invaded your world or right. something. And then for me, it's like, here he comes, Joey. Like what? <laughs> I didn't quite think I was going to be doing, you know, seeing all their other players as much as I did. So I feel, I feel a little silly, but, but, uh, and then they're like, Oh, like a, a, a cute, like little kid is invading us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that, it's the voice actor or no, it's the, the model for lady D who signed your thing. She's like, Oh, it's Joey. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. Keep trying. You got this. I'm like, Oh, um and then she steps on me no that sort of happened i don't remember if i shared the story with you i probably did maybe i even shared it on the podcast maybe i'm just repeating myself but when you have to do the three invasions so there's a mission where you have to go invade three other people's worlds and i felt sort of bad and plus i felt insecure because i was like i i probably suck like i'm probably going to be invading the worlds of people who play these games all the time and are really good so the first one that i invaded I saw the the guy it was two of them and like I ran up and he I could tell was sort of being defensive so I attacked him but I hit him once and it took off like 70% of his health so I'm like okay I don't want to kill him I feel bad so I let his friend run over and they I kind of I fought them and I wanted to like make them feel good so then 
They ended up killing me, which again, I was kind of letting happen. And I was like, good. Like I gave them a challenge. They probably feel really like a thrill. But then the second one I, I went into, the second world I went into, I saw them and they like weren't paying attention to me. So I just backstabbed the one dude and like killed him. And then his friend, I think, got mad and ran over and I like killed him. And I was like standing there covered in blood like, yes. you. And then I felt guilty, though. I'm like, that, that feels like ah, I shouldn't have done that. So then the third one, I saw two guys and it was over in that area where you it's like one of the leveling areas where there's like a giant standing on some steps. And then there's like a bunch of fields with little guys with scythes. And those are the guys you kill to like level up. It was in that area and they were trying to fight that big giant creature. And so I ran up and I was trying to fight the giant creature too with them. I was like, what if I could help them? That would be great. You can't. Um, So then I was just like, I kind of ran up to them and just stopped. And they like looked at me and I like to like show that I wasn't going to, I like with like dancing basically like crouching up and down and like dancing back and forth. And they started doing the same thing. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. So we're kind of friendly. I'm like, let's just see where this goes. So they're running back to like the save point. I'm running with them. And then I can see them kind of doing something and then they summon in another friend and I'm like, Oh, like maybe they were like, let's kind of even the odds or something. And then I was like, okay, well we can fight now and I'll actually try. It'll be a fair fight. It's like three on one and let's just do it. Cause at that point I think I was level 120 or something. So I was pretty high level. And the third dude like runs up and like makes a gesture and I'm like, all right. And so I make a gesture and then he just summons some fucking thing out from behind him like a dragon that appears from the ground and just like goes oh over God. his head and like chomps on me and like 80% of my health's gone. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'm rolling backwards, trying to heal. And I got a couple hits in, but yeah, he fucking wiped the floor with me. So, but it was fun. It was thrilling. It was like, damn, all right. You know, <laughs> like, and, and I, I take some solace or like, I, I think it's fun to think of the other two being like low level and being like, oh no, he's going to kick our ass. Let's call our, our, Big bad friend. Yeah, and exactly. Like, Get away from my friends. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my older brother. You better not be here when we get back. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. He's like, the dragon lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're you're like eight. He's like 19. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's giving you a swirly and a porta body somewhere. Like, no. <laughs> this ended so badly. <laughs> Sitting on my head. He's like, you want more? You want more? You want to invade again? Wow. <laughs> you want another cup of soup? And you're, just, you're like, what's a cup of soup? He farts in his oh, hand. <laughs> <laughs> in your face, you get pink eye. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, I, I think I see an imperfection in the metal. I'm like, what? He's like, need some spot welding. Pulls his pants down. <laughs> oh. oh God! Why? <laughs> it was for a quest. Yeah, I know. I had to do it. <laughs> I was gonna let you kill me. <laughs> but um, but is that it? Have you been just banging away at Elden Ring? Well, that, and I want to, I mentioned this to you, but I want to mention it on the show. Um, you know, sometimes we play games and other times we watch things based on games. And I watched mm. the Arcane show on Netflix. And viewers, mm. if your jaw hit the floor the way that Joey's did when I told him this, you know, over PlayStation <laughs> chat the other day, I don't blame you. I do not play League of Legends. I have had some very critical things to say and will continue to have critical things to say about Riot Games, 
But God fucking damn it, they made a good show. Um, I got sucked <laughs> in immediately. I love, you know, at, at the heart of it, it's like a story about like these two sisters, and I care cared about them, and now care about them so goddamn much. Like these two characters that uh, I just got sucked into the show. It's beautiful. There's a ton of great music in it. The fight choreography on that show is fucking ridiculous. It's so well done. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I totally got sucked into the world. So if you're listening and you've been watching Arcane for a while um, and you've heard me on the show just shitting all over Riot Games, League <laughs> of Legends, part of that I don't apologize for, but part of it, you know, if it's anything tied to the show, I do. I'm one of you now. I love the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Yeah, so I I was shocked. And I, I binged it, too, because um, I uh, had a big academic milestone um, sort of happen last week, which is very exciting. I'm, I'm ABD now, which is um, yeah, all, yeah, all but yeah. dissertation. It means you finished comps and you're you're on your way to the end so it was, it was a very big deal but i was alone and i was like what do i do and then i i saw this on netflix and i was like well i'll just start watching this i don't know what else to do bam got sucked right in so yeah um check it out uh if you're you're interested and yeah if you if you know if you think league of legends is like a like um i don't know like a uh bocce ball league that your grandpa's in um you could still enjoy the show you know like, you don't need to know anything yeah uh, that, that's why my jaw hit the ground because i know how you feel about league of legends and the culture and community surrounding it which is generally pretty toxic again we don't like to generalize like there's lots of my students who would like when they found out that i was using video games to teach the class were really excited and they would come to me and be like what do you play? What are your favorites? And I'm like, this and this. I'm like, what about you? And they're like league of legends. Like I would say a good 50, 60% of the time, my students, that's like their primary game. Um, and they're not, and they're great students and like good people and everything. So I know that there's good people in that community. Um, but even they would like confess. They were like, sometimes I'm embarrassed to say that I play the game because like it has such a bad reputation and that's unfortunately earned by other members of the community. But so I know how you feel and that's how I feel. And that's why, like, if you were just to say, Hey, did you see that arcane show? Like the League of Legends show, you should watch it. I'd probably be like, maybe. And I'd never watch it. Cause like, I don't know. I don't really have an interest, but you said that the animation was like gorgeous and that they were doing things that you'd never seen. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I have a lot of shows to watch, especially this summer, but yes. like now it's somewhere on my list. It's yeah. Little, I don't, I don't want to move this ahead there. of anything that you're already wanting to watch. But yeah, if some if you're trapped like on a desert island and you only have access to that show for some reason, or like I don't know, whatever, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forge forge by fire, which is also a great show on History Channel. Why am I why am I saying this up? <laughs> the, the, it's a blacksmith competition show. It's riveting. Yeah, but um, yeah, oh, anyway, I've seen yeah. some clips of that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But um, no, I I think you would love it, and definitely if we ever did like a show version of bays that got away. There'd be a ton of bays on that show that you would, I think you would totally be like down with. Like it's, it's your kind of thing in that regard as well. <laughs> we should do an updated desert Island games episode. Cause tab and I did one early on, but we haven't done one with you and Ron. So we should do, cause I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's so funny to me. So, so we'll have to do another one of those. Speaking of, if we're talking about shows we've been watching and I know yours is video game related, but you bringing that up, I just quickly want to 
bring up Sailor Moon because I started watching oh, that. Oh, nice. Yeah, on Hulu, which, by the way, let me just say, and this is not an ad because it's pretty negative. I hate the idea that you have to pay for Hulu and you still get ads. Like, luckily, I had another email account, and so I did, I'm doing another one-month free trial of the premium. But I hate that the base level Hulu, you pay, and you still get ads. Fuck mm-hmm. that. That's what ads are for. You're mm-hmm. double dipping. That's so bull. That's, uh, I think that's why I just, I don't like Hulu. And when people bring up Hulu, they're like, oh, it's on Hulu. And I'm like, why don't I like that? I can't remember. It's because of bullshit <laughs> like that. I, cause I, I had a friend's login. They gave me their login. They're like, yeah, whenever you want to use it. And I haven't really used it, but I was like, going to use it for Sailor Moon. And I had to watch an ad before anything started. And then they showed the theme song and then they showed more ads and then they showed like the little intro thing and then they showed more ads and then like ads during regular commercial. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not it, like, especially if you're trying to binge a show or watch a few episodes in a row, get out of my face, get out of my face with that. So um, I signed up for the free trial and I started that and I'm probably like a dozen episodes in and I love it. It's super for- formulaic. And I think if I would have watched this as a teenager, I probably would have hated it because I would have been like, it's so cheesy. And I didn't hadn't seen a lot of anime at that point. And it is. It's very cheesy. It's very silly. But having had like that distance and like being able to appreciate appreciate like cheesy, silly, frivolous kind of stuff. And I do think that there's some deeper stuff, too. I just watched an episode that was really cool where Tuxedo Mask. So Tuxedo Mask is a character I've seen memes about where he'll just show up in these memes. He just shows up and he's like. Hey, ladies, keep going. And he just disappears and he's like useless. But they're always like, you saved us. And I'm like, what the fuck? So he shows up and he actually fights, but he gets his ass kicked right away. And so then the villain is like, ha ha ha. Now you don't have a man to protect you. And the the sailor scouts are like, we don't need a fucking man. And they kick his ass. And the whole time they're like, that's what you get for thinking girls need men. And I'm like, this is 1993. Like, that's that's kind of cool. So, but yeah, I, I, I love it so far. Uh, in terms of what I've been playing, Elden Ring, as I mentioned with Tab, um, we beat the Fire Giant finally after many, many, many attempts. It was I thought it was very thrilling. I think Tab was like, I'm ready to just move on to the next fucking boss. Let's go. <laughs> but now we're on another boss that we're kind of stuck on. So, But I mean, you're catching up. So, hey, man, maybe all three of us can have a go at these endgame bosses yeah i think we just need to like tab just needs to like <laughs> play more far cry and just take a little break <laughs> i think they're they're getting elden ring fatigue in a big bad way yeah. So, yeah. but but it's it's a little frustrating because they're so close to the end and so i'm like i want to like let's just push through but like you said i think the more we push the more their estimation of the game lowers you know and so maybe you're right maybe they need to to just step away and come back fresh and yeah, it'll be frustrating, but it maybe won't feel as like they won't feel burnt out maybe. So, right. Cause then the three of us can do it. And you know, I think when the three of us are together, there's nothing we can't do. Yeah. That's right. Sailor Moon. Yeah. (laughs) There's more. How many of them are there in Sailor Moon? More than, more than three. I think at this point there's just three though. Oh shit. Spoilers. Eventually. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 no. Cause I, well, no, I, I'm super familiar with the, characters inside there's five core ones i think but then i think there are a few ones that show up in a handful of episodes because i know that there's sailor moon uranus mars venus pluto 
I think there's a Sailor Jupiter. I think like all the all the planets. I think so. Do you think when Pluto was no longer declared, like no longer allowed to be a planet, like they had to cut um, Pluto out of the show? They just killed her. Yeah, yeah. Killed- it was like an execution. <laughs> <laughs> the only death in the whole, the whole series. Yeah, she has been it was violent. Yeah, she's been violently murdered. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like it's like it has like that for like that sort of procedural like formulaic structure, so they just have to keep going next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many yeah, episodes like are there, by the way? I have to imagine there's hundred. Two hundred episodes, yeah. Holy crap. Um, but man, the physical media is so expensive. I was, I was like, Ooh, I want to own these. And it's just, it's so ridiculous. Hundreds of dollars to get the box sets and stuff. And I mean, I'm liking the show so far. And so I probably will eventually, like if I have a fair amount of spending money, but you know, if you want your show to be seen by, I mean, I guess it's on Hulu. So that's, but I I also feel like it's just not super accessible. Like you know, it's on Hulu, but that's it. Like, it's not on any of the anime streaming platforms. It's not on... There's the movie on Netflix, which I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? How do you yeah. have that deal where you get to make a movie and you don't have access to the the series? Like, that That kind of sucks, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I also... So I was very conscious of the summer playlist because we just went over it. So I'm like, I want to jump right into that. So I started... I played The Legend of Kage, that NES game that I was so nostalgic for, and what I expected to happen happened. I took me a while to get it working on my NES. Um, of course, it's like infamous for that. But once I did, I was like, Oh my God, this is so like, man, this is exactly how I remember it. But then it also kind of wasn't because number one, a lot of shit's going on. Like ninjas just jumping on from all sides of the screen. You constantly have to be like throwing stars and, and everything, but you can climb up the trees. It's very fast paced. And you can move left and right, which is cool. Um, for the time, there were a lot of games that you just had to move one direction. And I was, I looked up something just to see how many levels there were, and there were only five. And I'm like, wow, I don't think I ever got past the forest level, which is the first level. And then I got to the second level, and there's like these ninjas that are underwater, and they have the little thing with the little breathing tubes. And I was like, oh, I instantly recognized it. So... It's weird to me that your that memory is like that, where the memory exists. It's just so sealed away that you just need like a visual trigger, and you're like, oh, of course, of course, that's what it looks like. Of course, that's how you play this game. Um, but that's where I stopped because I was like, this is fucking hard. <laughs> someday I'll probably try to beat it, but um, but it was very fun. And then I started Parasite Eve for the. Uh, original PlayStation. I'm playing on my PlayStation 3 backwards compatibility. And I'm actually, there's, that's a day that's broken up over a week. So seven days. And I'm pretty well into day two. I think I'm like maybe halfway through day two. So I'm making a lot of progress. I like that game so far. It's so much easier than I remember it. Like when I played originally, I remember the ammo being really sparse. But I was playing this time and I just looked up. I'm like, I don't want to follow a guide necessarily, but I don't want to also run into frustration and end up giving up. So I just looked up like tips and tricks. And there was one really early on where it's like, instead of going through this hole, when you hear the police arrive and you and your character says, my backup's here, go outside to meet your backup. They give you like 60 ammunition. I'm like, oh, fuck. So that would have helped when I was younger. And I think I probably wouldn't have given up playing. But yeah, that one. 
it does some really ambitious things with graphics that look bad now, but I think at the time, because there's like a 3D city, again, that looks bad now, but like the camera swings around and there's like reflective surfaces and stuff. At the time, it was probably mind-blowing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm liking I'm liking that game. Um, more Animal Crossing. I spent... So if you played Animal Crossing New Horizons and you've gone through the rigmarole of trying to get your favorite villager on your island, I've finally gone through that. I had never done that before. I was more focused on using my money and my Nook Miles and stuff to buy things for my island, like decorations and furniture and all that. And so I had amassed about 170,000 Nook Miles. And Nook Miles are like the virtual currency that you use to buy very specific things, including Nook Mile tickets. And those tickets basically give you the opportunity to go to mystery islands. And if you have an open plot on your island, you can recruit characters. So that's like the primary way that people recruit new villagers to their their island. They go to these islands and if it's a villager that you want, talk to them, say move to my island. Awesome. So I'd never done that. Like I'm, I was like, I don't love my villagers that I have on my island, but I'm kind of used to them. And so I was like, since I started playing again, I was like, why don't I do that? I have, I have 170,000 Nook Miles and a a mystery island ticket is 2000 Nook Miles. So I have plenty of chances. So I was determined to get two of my like favorite villagers from my old playthroughs on my other games that I played. Number one was Anka. She's a cat. It's like a little Egyptian cat. She's really cute. And then Diana, which is who I called my Animal Crossing girlfriend in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. <laughs> She's so cute. She's really pretty. So I'm like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get those two. I spent every single Nook Mile I had buying about 85 Mystery Island tickets. And I got one of them, but I could not get Diana. I got Anka about halfway through. Yeah. And every island I went into, I was like, this is going to be it. I'm going to see her little white head with her little ears. Nope, never. It was always the ugliest ones, too, where I'm like, what even are you? You're like a weird <laughs> like robot bird or something. Okay, the robot bird is really cool, but you know. <laughs> uh, man, so that was really disappointing. And so last night. So now I'm like scrounging because I someone moved off my island again. So I have another open spot. But if you don't recruit someone, a rando moves in. And granted, it could be Diana, you know, but I have been I, I, every day now. I've been doing these daily tasks to get more Nook Miles. And I like takes a while to get up to 2000, but I get it. And I'm like, I know I'm just rolling. I'm just a shot in the dark, but I'm, I go to the <laughs> island and it's not them. So I went last night after scrounging up enough for a ticket and I got a character that I've never seen before. I think she's a little squirrel. Yeah. And she's, she's like blue. This like really cool, like sky, not sky blue, but like dark, like dusk kind of blue. And it's like gradient or great gradiated. However you would say that. And she has like little stars on her tail. She's, she's really cute. So I got her. She's no Diana, but I'll just figure out a way to kick someone else off my island and try again. I was hoping you were like, um, I looked and my new neighbor is Ashley Williams. She's like, oh, oh my, my God, God. <laughs> I found you across the stars. <laughs> we're back together. <laughs> Where are the, yeah, Where we're are all these animals. Ugh. Ugh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> where are all the humans at? <laughs> so, so where do I, where do I move my stuff? Joey, do you have an extra closet for me? <laughs> uh, storage. Oh, Tom Nook isn't selling me more. 
more storage space. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> to, she's like, oh, it's okay. I'll build a tent outside of your house. Oh, that's oh, not God. what I. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Will you come out and visit me sometimes? Oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people, when the game first came out, people were finding weird, rare, like weird ways to torture their villagers and like trap them. That would be me. I'd have to look up. So how, wait, how do you how do you imprison? I just I like the idea too that she's not in Animal Crossing style. She's just like literally the character model for Mass Effect walking around in Animal Crossing. Yes, making racist comments. <laughs> Tom Nook's like, oh, mystery ticket, eh? Yeah. I know just who to bring. Tom! <laughs> he would, too, and he'd be like, you know, we could get rid of her for... Uh, three million bells. God damn it. Did I say get rid of her? I mean, temporarily get rid of her. That right. That'll be another <laughs> payment of four million bells. You're like, another payment? It was three million last time. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, it does raise each time. Uh. Yeah. By get rid of her, I meant go on your official honeymoon. <laughs> get rid of both of you. Get rid of your inhibitions. Go on your honeymoon, you crazy kids. You're in love. <laughs> I demolished your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no! on, on an unrelated note, um, we had an estate sale while you were gone. I sold all of your things, <laughs> made so much money. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. That would be like a a funny twist of Nintendo's. Like, you know, people are getting bored. Let's let's shake things up. <laughs> Tom Nook does an estate sale, and then you have to try to buy them all back. Yeah, you're at the mystery tickets. You're at the auction, just trying to. Yeah, no, please. No. <laughs> and all proceeds for this this auction go to Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom Nook Foundation. <laughs> yeah, you get the pleasure of paying twice for oh. the items that you you bought. Um. But it, it has been fun. And then the other thing, so I've been, I, as with Animal Crossing, I've been playing with my friend Michelle. And so last night she was like, do you want to play Mario Kart? And so I, I, when someone wants to play Mario Kart, I instantly go into like playful shit talking mode. And I like, like shit talking has to be playful because otherwise I'm like, oh, it kind of sucks. But so we're like shit talking back and forth. And I have not played Mario, Mario Kart online. So we played Mario Kart 8. And I played Mario Kart Wii online, but not Mario Kart 8. And I was pleasantly surprised. It was really fun. I didn't know you could change settings. So you could change like items and stuff like that. Like you can do all bananas or all, I think they call it like frenetic items or something, yeah. which I don't know. I don't know what that means. Have you, have you tried this? Yeah. You online? How, what's your experience? Did you like it? Oh, did I like play online generally? Yeah. It, yeah. I, I thought it worked really well. It, is technically speaking, I thought it was super smooth. Like comparing that to not the latest Mario Party, but the Mario Party right before that. Like it, it's shocking, you know the the difference. Like it, you know, for a game that's you know in a lot of ways considerably older. Yeah, like I I've I've had nothing but like really good experiences online. But have has that been true for you generally? Or yeah, it's been super smooth. Um... But I felt bad because the like the shit talking I think can backfire. Like if you end up being like really good yeah. and like winning a lot, Here's then you're like, oh shit, <laughs> right? And I feel, but usually then I won't really shit talk. Then I like try to cut it down and I'd be like supportive, like oh great, I, not condescending though, because I feel I hate when people are like 
they do that. They like squash you into the ground. You're like, no, but you did really good. Good try. You know what I mean? So I try to like do a mix or like if I do shit talk, I just sprinkle it in. It doesn't matter. Like I was, we were both shit talking. And then the first race I was in first pretty much the entire time. It didn't have anyone behind me. I never felt like I was in danger of falling to second. So we're in the third lap and I'm feeling a little guilty and I'm like, but I'm not the type of person who's like, I'm going to let you win because I hate when people do that to me. Again, I feel like it's a little condescending and infantilizing. And I'm like, don't, you know, I want to win on my own merit. So I'm like, I I feel bad. And so I'm not, I'm not going to like let her win, but I, maybe I need to like, um, change things up a little bit or something. And then boom, I get hit with the blue shell and I can see the fucking finish line. It's right there. It's so close. And I hit with the blue shell and I'm like, that's, it's fine. Cause like they're, I don't think there's anyone behind me. Let's get go. Oh, lightning hit with lightning. Ah, fucking that's really annoying. Cause now I'm small and I'm going really slow. Boom. Red shell. Oh, okay. Man. This is getting ridiculous. Boom. Another red shell. What the fuck? And then guess who <laughs> just passes me and crosses the finish line. So she came in first. Oh my God. In our first race. That's I came in so second. Good. <laughs> so oh, that's so good. I know. Oh, I love it. I know. But it was like, it was that kind of frustrating though, because Mario, it's, that's Mario Kart is like, you could be, you know, far and first and be doing wonderfully. And then literally like everything just piles on top of you. And you're, I, luckily I came in second because I feel like that was a recipe for just, because then seeing all the, all the NPCs, all the CPUs just zoom, 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 like, ah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. So, and now I'm like, why haven't I not, why have I not been playing Mario Kart 8 online? Cause, it's so good. It is so good. No, well, we have we have new tracks to explore, so maybe we'll have to to do that. Yeah, in the near future. Um, are they all available now? No, just the first two sets. So eight of them. Boo! Put them all out right now. And they're, they're you can see where they're going, like going to be loaded on the screen, and you can click on them, and it's like these will be released by the end of twenty twenty three. All of them say that, and so it's like, but like. But like when but i want them like now. yeah i want them like now right please. now and where are the new drivers you yeah know what i mean what the heck yes i like the tracks but where are my new drivers or at the least the least you could do is give us more like free outfits like i love that it gave us like breath of the wild link for example that was great mm-hmm. love that but like keep them coming you know surely there are more delicious nintendo properties to to draw on or non-nintendo properties in like the style of super smash brothers yeah i mean yeah that's that's exactly what i want i want them to well at the very least open it up to nintendo like yes the dream is like having cloud strife in there you know what i mean but like you know having other like captain alomar like the smash brothers roster you know and slowly bring them and you can even like introduce items like captain alomar throws little Pikmin on you and they like start tearing away at your face and blood's just spraying everywhere. And the blood acts like the ink from the, from the, the, the blue blooper. What are they called? The oct the squids. Yeah. And then it just like covers your screen and all that stuff. You could get yeah. like a little Ronnie, the witch and her hat is like as big as the like, yes. motorcycle that she's riding on or like the cart. Oh, incredible. Lady D and she's like the the cart's so tiny underneath <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like General Radon and his like horse. <laughs> tiny <laughs> you're like, oh my god. 
<laughs> and she repeats lines, but she she has to record them a bunch of times because, like, in, in Resident Evil, she says, you stupid man thing. But she has to record it like, you stupid dinosaur thing. Yes. You stupid squid thing. You stupid mushroom thing. Like, that, that would be... We get so a, now we're now we're we're getting somewhere. We, we get Dennis Hopper's Bowser um, to be included. <laughs> <laughs> Guy yeah. in charge. Every time he takes he takes first place. Every little girl remembers the first time she kissed a lizard at the end of every race. Yeah. Every time he passes Peach oh, and he god. says that and his little tongue comes out. Uh, oh god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, that's a, I think that's a good segue to our main topic of I unique it. video game feelings. It, that is, a, you, it, I felt, you know, I've never <laughs> felt the way I felt when I heard him say that. So yeah, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our, our main course today is unique video game feelings. So we're looking at what games have given us very specific experiences or feelings that are totally or mostly after like copycats or plays on something uh unique to that game so the example that i that sort of spurred this was one it's going to be my first one so i won't get into too much detail with it but like it had to do with minecraft and like something that i did in minecraft and when i was thinking about it i was like i no 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 other game has ever given me that feeling and i was like there must be other examples of that so i pitched it to the group and the group was like yeah sure um, and it's just Paul and I this week, which is totally fine. <laughs> but I, I was worried because I was like, it's, it seemed like such a good idea at first because that idea, that one specific example I thought worked really well. And then when everyone agreed and I was like, all right, let me think of some more. I was like, ooh, wait a minute. It's harder than I thought. But I came up with a few that I think are really good. And I, I trust that you came up with some really good ones. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, because you, you always have great. Great example. So you charmer. Oh, you stop. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I feel um, like Nicole Kidman all over again. <laughs> Moulin Rouge, yeah. which we were just talking about, dedicating an entire episode to. Yeah. Love it so much. So look forward to that. Listeners. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. <gasps> oh, my God. We do a hybrid episode of those two things together. Yes. Oh, my God. Joey, okay, we need to take what. Uh, what if she plays um, Satine from? Oh my god! Yeah, that they they cast her as that for the no and like flashback way. scenes, and they were having us look at all of the uh, previous episodes that featured her in it for like things you should watch beforehand, right? That would be so. I like legitimately. <sighs> I think I would just die. Like I. Just went to the doctor recently. I have very good cardiovascular health, but I literally think my heart would just explode because I love Moulin Rouge. And part of it is that chemistry between you, McGregor, and Nicole Kidman. I love them each individually. And her name was Satine in that. I know. As well. And she would so, be yeah. in the, 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 on top of everything else. She'd be perfect for that part. Yeah. Fucking perfect. She would. Perfect. What? And like their ages are similar, so like it's not you know. Ah, oh, come on, man. I know why. Okay, if have just have Joey and I take. We'll take care of this yeah. stuff. Dave Filoni, give us a call. We'll, yeah. we, we'll just be. We'll be in the room. We'll just throw some of those things out there. I mean, you fit it in how you may, but I, that's what may. Oh my god! <laughs> Send me the world to such a perfect place. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it w- and it would be how wonderful yeah. life would be 
if that were exactly. in the world. <laughs> <laughs> my gift is the force. <laughs> oh my god. And this and life. These droids. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, mine is dirtier. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say these droids aren't the ones you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, uh... <laughs> oh, but I, oh, that, oh, that'd be so good. I'm, yeah. I'm totally in. We're, yeah, we're, we're doing it. Yeah, I don't know so how. Look, you know what? Instead of having episodes about the Obi Wan Kenobi show as it is, let's just rewrite it and then. Have episodes responding to our fake episodes, and then maybe someone will hear it and be like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" And then watch the real episodes and be like, "That's not at all what happens. What the fuck?" And then they call Disney and they re because they've already shot everything, so we're kind of screwed. But you know. instead of the uh, elephant love medley, it's the Tauntaun love medley where they're both inside. <laughs> <laughs> I was made for love, and you made me. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, it's so good <laughs> sorry listeners yeah we're getting our on our moulin rouge bullshit but um if you've been waiting for like me and joey have if you've been waiting for a moulin rouge star wars crossover you're welcome <laughs> we, we scratched that itch if that's the unique I, game feeling you've been looking for <laughs> i didn't know i was waiting for it but yeah now that we're talking about it i'm like let's let's fucking go the duke's got to be in there somewhere you know <sighs> Oh my God, you're so right. Who does is gonna be with the <laughs> Chancellor? Yeah. Wait, can you imagine the Duke is Darth Maul? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Within oh. that situation, but he looks exactly like Darth Maul, but he has that little mustache. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Queen of Mandalore will marry the Maharaja <laughs> instead of the penniless <laughs> sitar player. <laughs> Not the, the the creditless moisture farmer yeah, the <laughs> moisture farmer. old Ben in the desert blah 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my uh, god so good let's do it so good listeners write um, in with your favorite um star wars slash moulin rouge um songs that you'll make up the titles <laughs> for that will be star wars themed puns on the original yes. songs from moulin rouge. <laughs> please do that would be amazing and we'll give you a game code for moulin rouge for the original playstation yes which doesn't you, exist, but <laughs> like for example, Kaibar crystals are a girl's best friend, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, we should do that. We should give away games that don't exist and be like, yes. we code formula, and then we just send them a code. And it's like, where would you even cash it? It's for the original PlayStation. It's not, you know. <laughs> yeah, and we we would. We're, why are we coming up with ideas to be the worst trolliest podcast <laughs> that people listen to just because they fucking hate us? Because they're like, you you shit all over my state. Yes. You gave me a fake game code for a fake game contest that I participated in. <laughs> had had an amazing suggestion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you 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 sang it on the show. It was horrible. <laughs> you, 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 you didn't use my lyrics at all. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but uh, do but the can can these... cantina? Huh? <laughs> oh shit! That's perfect. <laughs> Maybe Schmalz Schmoskopf is going to be writing in. <laughs> 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 so it's, 
<laughs> do it, do it. Oh, Jesus, um, oh, man, this is going way off the rails. I know, I know. I'm, I'm thinking of some, and I'm like, I have to stop. I have to stop. It's <laughs> um, like Ewoks. You know, okay, yeah, so let's... let's <laughs> What so what what's one of your unique feelings? Do you have one you're excited to share? I do. My first unique feeling that I want to share is attributed to Spider-Man 2, but has been, you know, a staple since and has been perfected in Insomniac's Spider-Man, but the feeling of swinging through um Manhattan as Spider-Man is absolutely fucking perfect. Um that game, you know, there are other elements of Spider-Man 2, for example, that if you look back on it with, like, sort of a, 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 more, a more objective focus, like you could say, oh, well, that's not so great, but that's not so great. But why I think so many people fell in love with it is, like, that traversal system is so good that it makes other, you know, like, fetch quests, you know, like, random, like, uninspired activities in any other open game feel amazing because you just love moving through the world so much like the way you know you connect and you feel like sort of the the gravity and sort of momentum and like you swing up at just the right moment and then you connect again and like oh yeah when you're in like sort of the the flow of that and you're you're moving between buildings and you're like chasing an enemy or like a you know doing like a time trial or whatever. Like it's just, it's so incredible. And yeah, there's nothing else like it. And um, yeah, so much of my enjoyment of everything, even up to, you know, like the, the newer Spider-Man games, it, it's tied to how good it feels just to move through the world. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pick number one. That's a really good one because it, like many things in that game is building upon what the Arkham team did with the Batman Arkham games. You know what I mean? they, that traversal of Arkham city of being Batman and using that Cape, um, like, and having like all these things, which of course, you know, there were older Spider-Man games, but that the way that they were like, well, here's a superhero city and you can traverse it and everything. But as much as I love the Arkham games and I love Batman and I probably personally subjectively like the Arkham games more because of the Batman thing, there's, it doesn't hold a candle to that traversal for the reasons that you say, like, and it's so exhilarating and you can't really properly describe it because you just have to do it because you were mentioning things like momentum and inertia and gravity. And those are things that like, I can tell you, but unless you feel them and like get that sensation of swooping so close to a building and then flipping and then you're, you have that momentum. So you go up into the air and then the background is like the sun setting over the fucking cityscape and you're like, you take so many screenshots because in the Spider-Man comics, there's so many panels that show him flipping or swinging and like show a really cool backdrop behind him, like a really cool shot of the city, different angles and all that stuff. And you get to actually live that in the game. There's so many different shots when you're swinging um, and you can go anywhere like that super tall building. What if I ran up the side of it? And then jumped off and then started swinging halfway down. Ah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's so good. Well, and it's like, yeah, it's so good that like you're, you're just looking for any excuse to just swing around, you know, (laughs) like, which is like, yeah, that that just seems that that's such like a rare feeling for, 
for like traversal alone, you know, like traveling, moving just for the sake of moving. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a special thing. I think maybe like something that felt similar to me was like when the first Assassin's Creed game came out and you experienced that parkour system for the first yeah. time. Like that was maybe kind of similar where I was just like, this is so cool. And I just want to like, I want to like run across those four buildings just to see what happens, you know? <laughs> Cause like, I, you know, you're like bouncing on the beams and grabbing onto like little notches in the wall and stuff. And yeah, no. So I, yeah, that, that, yeah, that Spider-Man feeling is so special. And, um, yeah, moving forward with other superhero games, like yeah, after Spider Man Two, like yeah, definitely the Arkham, the Arkham Arkham City in particular got it right with uh, like yeah. the glide mechanic. Um, and uh, yeah, there, I think there there have been other examples of of games that have done that well. But like thinking about like our hypothetical Superman game. Like, that's going to be the big... That's, in some ways, like, the make-or-break thing, right? Like, what does it feel like when you're flying as that character, yeah. you know? And that has to be perfect, or else, like, I think the rest of the game is just going to not be what it could be, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why the technical side of it has to be... Because you have to be able to fly fast if you want to, you know? And through an over-large, you know, a huge, massive city that's supposedly like what four times the size of the actual new york or something like that um so yeah it's it's but it would but like you said if you if they got it right because the spider-man game the insomniac spider-man game is amazing in a, a multitude of ways but even if it was just like the city was beautiful and, and fun to traverse it would be a worthwhile game that's how fun the traversal is it's just very it's a nice bonus that everything else is really good too. the combat the collectibles the story the acting all that stuff is really good too so i can't wait tab tab's gonna play it soon yeah so. i think oh I yeah i think they'll love it it's awesome yeah for uh, sure but joey what what's your what's your first pick i I'm i feel gonna, like okay yeah sorry no go ahead go ahead well as you say you led with minecraft or are you gonna save it or no yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna lead with that one because that was the one that spurred the whole thing so in Minecraft, this is what made me think of like the idea of like a unique feeling. I was thinking about how when I first started playing the game in survival mode, it was very scary. Minecraft is a harder game than I think you realize. Like if you've not played it, it seems like, oh, it's a kid's game. Lots of kids play it. And that's true. But man, it is it's pretty unforgiving. And so survival mode really feels like survival and you lose stuff when you die. And so death has like high stakes. And so I remember first playing and just being very nervous, especially when I was by myself to venture out beyond my little safe little area where my house is and I've set up torches and everything um, because I want to go out and get the rare materials, especially diamonds. I want to get some diamonds for the first time, but I'm really nervous. And so um, that first time or maybe the first few times where you venture out, and you're like, you take plenty of torches and food and materials and everything. And you find a nice cave system, like deep underground, and you keep burrowing down. And you want to get down to the bottom because that's where the diamonds are. And you find some diamonds and you're so excited. But you kind of, you know, you get lost because you're leaving a trail of torches. But, wow, there was a intersection at this part of the cave and... There was an, inter an intersects here. I dropped down a little bit too far here. And so I don't know how to. And 
so you just kind of get lost and you start panicking because you're like, I have diamonds. I have all this iron, all this good material on me. Like if I die, I lose all this stuff because I haven't slept in a bed. I didn't bring a bed with me. So I don't, I don't want to lose all this stuff. And so you are like, well, I'm almost out of torches. I'm almost out of food and I'm on my last pickaxe. I just need to like start digging upward and like try to find the surface. But you're so deep. You start digging up and digging up and you eventually run out of torches and then it's just dark. And you're like, even if you're not like claustrophobic or afraid of the dark, there's just something about not being able to see what you're doing in a video game and you just have to sort of go for it. And so you're, you're chipping away, you're breaking away. You're like, I, I know I'm generally doing the right thing. I'm jumping and I'm digging upward. And then your pickaxe breaks and you're like, well, now I'm kind of fucked. Like, unless I'm by dirt or sand or something that I can break easily with my hands, I don't know if I can get out here. And luckily for me, when I did it, it was dirt. And I was like, but that could mean that I'm close to the surface or it could not. And like digging out and I'm, I'm low on health. Again, it's still completely pitch black. But finally finding the surface and breaking out into the surface, like that feeling, I will never forget it. I felt so relieved. It was like literally I took a deep breath. I didn't realize I was like holding my breath through the whole thing, but I was so worried about dying and losing everything. And I had no idea where I was, by the way. I didn't have a map because Minecraft, you have to like craft a map. I didn't have the materials for it at the time. So I had no idea. But just even just making it to the surface was like such a relief. And I, when I had that feeling, I was like, I can't think of another game where I could simulate that. Like, I know there's other survival games out there. Maybe there's something similar. But I think especially with the idea of, like, going somewhere really far away from your safe space and digging down and getting lost and then having to break out. You know what I mean? I'm like, because I can't go back. I don't have enough materials. And if I get caught by an enemy, I'm fucked. And then, like, digging up to the surface and breaking through and just see and just you know, exiting into the, the moonlight, like, ah, what a relief. So, so that one was, was the one that sort of inspired this. Cause I feel like I, it's probably not unique to me. I'm sure this is like, I, if not universal, I'm sure a lot of people have had something similar. I've heard people describe something similar. So yeah, for that, for me, that was, that was mine. Well, Minecraft does have a way of making you feel incredibly you know, vulnerable, you know, and, yeah. uh, yeah. And, um, between like, especially if you're not sleeping, like the endless onslaught of like enemies or like, you know, your resources dwindling or the lingering fear that you're going to die and all of your stuff is going to be gone or, or that you're going to die near a river when all your stuff is going to be washed down the river and you're going to be picking yeah. it up, you know, um, a million miles away from where you died, or you're going to die near some lava and it's going to melt some valuable diamonds that you just uh, yeah, spent, spent some time finding. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's kind of thrilling and like, it makes you have that moment where you're like, Oh shit, what, what am I going to do? You know, all the more intense. Cause yeah, you have, you have something to lose. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's kind of like Elden Ring in that way where you then become comfortable because you're like, okay, I know how to fight zombies now. I know how to fight skeletons. Like, I I can avoid creepers. I I got this. Like, I'm I'm good. So then you feel more confident. You you learn how to make armor. So you have armor, and then you still, like you said, you'll get dropped into armor, or a creeper will surprise you and blow up and hurt you and push you off an edge, and you're fucking dead. Like, Minecraft will humble you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Not, Maybe not quite as frequently as Elden Ring, but 
in Elden Ring, you only use loser runes. Could you imagine if you dropped all of your armor and oh, like weapons? Your fully upgraded sword. I would I would hate that game so much. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's but. like it, it's not. Um, yeah, I I don't know that it, it would not be conducive to like Elden Ring's gameplay loop, which is like. Yeah. You die and then you learn something and then you come back and you get your runes and then you kick whoever whoever's ass you know needs to be kicked who killed you or you yeah. you you get you move closer to kicking their butt it might take a while before eventually you're like yes yeah I got <laughs> I got that booty after all this time but uh you know what this okay this is actually a perfect segue because my gaming moment um my next gaming moment is uh from software bosses um oh. is my my next pick. There are boss battles in many games, um, but from my own experiences, I think From Software has like the best bosses in you know any any kind of game I've ever played. They're all like incredibly animated. They have their own like personality characteristics or whatever, they're all super, like, dramatic and memorable. Like, the game really pulls out all the stops to, like, make their entrances, like, epic and intense and, like, um, yeah, and just mechanically, there is such a satisfaction. And one, like, entering, like, it is kind of um, fun in the sense to enter a situation of like, oh shit, like there's a new boss here and like they're probably going to beat me up, you know? And like, yeah. it is, it is kind of like, I, I find that kind of like exciting because like, oh my God, like here we go, you know, like it's on, you know, like, uh, cause sometimes in, in like other games, you, you kind of get into the point, like especially late game where you're like, I don't care what comes through that door. Like I'm going to smash it. Like it's like, but there is like, uh, oh, I think of it. I, I just, um, me and, 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 and a friend of mine actually, um, she's never seen Lord of the Rings before. So we just watched, um, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring last night and she watched it for the first time. But I feel like from software, um, bosses, like so many times you have that Boromir, they have a cave troll moment where you're like, Oh my God. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And like, yeah, there's the thrill of that. And then like, um, you know, we talked about to, to Ron, uh, when he was talking about pinball, it, it made me think about boss battles this way where like, there's yeah, such a satisfaction, like, learning their movesets, learning, like, what kinds of attacks you can roll into, what kinds of, like, AoE attacks you need to back away from, um, what kinds of consumables you can throw at them to bait certain attacks, what certain attacks you can trade comfortably because maybe they're going to hit you, but they're not going to do a ton of damage. And, like, being able to, like, kind of suss those things out and, like, get to the place where, like, a boss seemed impossible you know, like, 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 just like, you know, two or three tries ago, but suddenly you're like, I fucking got you. You know, yeah. I got you, I got you. And like the thrill when you beat them, it is, it is explosive. It is like in the last couple of years, the, the most I've like yelled with excitement, you know, while playing alone, like a, like a maniac, you know, like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like my neighbors are probably thinking, Oh, this poor guy is like getting murdered. You know, like Jack, <laughs> Jacqueline bursts out of the bedroom at 11 o'clock. So I'm like, what's going on? It's like, <laughs> you know, I crushed him. Yeah, yeah. 
this, you know? Oh my God. And it's just, yeah, it's just so, yeah, it's so good. And like the, the thrill of that, it just, it, it keeps me so like hooked and like, yeah, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a really special feeling. And like, there have been other games that have, I think, borrowed heavily from their style. I think of like the Valkyrie boss fights in God of War, for example, as like yeah. kind of being similar to that. And like, very much mo- like influenced by that as well, but they just yeah they just know how to do it. They make great bosses, so yeah, that's that's my second pick. Anyways, <laughs> one of the thoughts I was writing a blog post about Elden Ring recently, the last few days, and one of the things I was thinking about with music was that you, the hero, don't get the epic music. Like you, the music in the world is so subdued. And I'm used to like quiet kind of subdued background music in fantasy games and stuff. I get that. But like a lot of times, not just fantasy games, but in fantasy games, like there are moments where the music will swell. Um, I'm thinking of Skyrim is probably the most obvious, but like there's things that will trigger in the world where they want you to feel like you're this epic hero and you're riding into onto the scene and like you're going to you know save the world. And you don't get that in Elden Ring. The bosses yes. get that music. They are the <laughs> ones who get like the swelling, dramatic, like, ah. and and like you said, it adds to that spectacle and the fear because you don't get that. You don't have the, you're a hero. And I thought about that because at first I was like, I don't know, I love the soundtrack, but I love what it does to the world because it makes you feel like the plebeian that you are like you are exactly you're a tarnished and there's so many little things in the game that remind you that you are one of a great many there have been so many tarnished that have come across like come along and said i'm gonna be the elden king or is that elden elden lord right yes yeah um and you know i'm gonna I don't want to spoil the end. I, I'm, I'm like trying to jump to things, but like, I'm going to do the thing. And, um, they don't to the point where the fingers that you carry <laughs> are the fingers of fingers of previous tarnished. So, so yes. like, you're just a fucking little ant. You're a little plebeian. Who's not going to change the world. And you don't get the epic music to go along with that because even the game's music doesn't believe in you. Right. It's these fucking bosses, though, that you come across. And that's, I think, probably part of what makes you feel so rewarded when you beat them is that, again, the game treats you like the plebe that you are and not like some chosen hero. Like, you do end up being that if you beat the game, of course, but the game doesn't believe in you either. And I, I, and I, th- again, I think then when you come across a boss and you finally get to hear that epic, swelling, dramatic music. And it's for them and not you. You're like, ah, oh, well, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, well, and some of them are just fucking badass too. Like, uh, yeah. I am Millennia, Blade of Mikula, and I've never known defeat. You're like, fuck yeah, you haven't. Look at you. <laughs> you look fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> that, or, or like when you start a boss fight and you're transported to some otherworldly plane, you're like, I'm getting fucked up. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Those bosses are so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. No, it's, it's so true. Um, well, and just like an El- Elden ring is like particularly impressive in this regard. It is disgusting how much diversity there is between them. Like yeah. there so many, so many games, they'll either be like, you know, like five, six, seven, eight, 
and they'll be really different. Or maybe there'll be a lot of them, but like you're like, I think that guy is like pretty similar to you know, (laughs) you know, like they use like um they use like a template and kind of change it a little bit. But yeah, in terms of just like the animation like boss fight mechanic lore like horsepower behind each of the bosses it's just like absolutely ridiculous and um yeah oh they're so cool Uh, yeah there's there are a few a few template or like template swaps or something but they it happens so late game that i was sort of shocked when it happened like there's a boss early on an optional boss in one of the um ever jails that I fought, it was the one that you were encouraging me. You were like, I think you could beat it early on. And he was just wiping the floor with me because he had such high damage and he was super fast. Um, so he was kicking my ass. And then when I leveled up, I went back and crushed him. I'm like, whoa, son of a bitch that he is. But then later I fought a boss that was like almost identical. So I do think that there's a little bit of that. But I had already thought at some point mid game, like, I keep coming into new enemies. Like, how is this like possible? Like it's a massive world, but what's so impressive about it is not really the size, like the square footage. Cause I don't really know how it compares to some of these other big maps. Like some of the Assassin's Creed maps might be similar, but what's so impressive is that every part of the map has these really unique creatures. It's not like, Oh, well in this part it has, you know, cause like, for example, there are fire slugs and there are crystal slugs but they're different designs yeah. and they're like different move sets and stuff. So it's not just, Oh, well of course they're just going to be a slug, but now they shoot ice. They're designed differently. They're unique. And I'm so impressed by the variety of enemy designs and like, especially because they're doing it in their signature style, which means that like basically the, they kind of also fit into the other games in a way. So that means that they've come up with just like, an unbelievable amount of these kind of grotesque fantasy characters and they keep doing it to the point where like Elden Ring is their latest game and they all these characters I haven't played the other games but they feel unique and like fresh it's just it's super impressive and they they are like they are like they're maybe like there are aspects of them but what's interesting too those aspects feel less like laziness and more like we're giving a nod or like it's a little easter egg for people who are in the know yeah. You know, like, I can see that. Like, oh, he does this one move. And if you remember a character from Dark Souls 1 who does a thing like this, you know, you can counter it with this kind of an attack or whatever. And then you're like, oh, you know, that worked, you know, or whatever. Like, right. cool little things like that. Or I've heard the opposite where they will, I've heard people say that, you know, you, you get an instance like that where you're like, well, this boss in, you know, Dark Souls 2 did this. And so then you try to do that right. and I'm like, no, they betray you. And they're like, ha ha ha, they have this <laughs> other counter. And again, like you said, I don't know that. I just, I'm just like, what works, what doesn't work. But to someone who's done that, I, it would be frustrating because then suddenly there goes half your health. You know what I mean? But I can also see kind of being like, ah, you son of a bitch, you knew what I was doing. Like, it's a, it's an interesting relationship but i love how we we keep coming back to elden ring like you know but it's 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 a great game so i think and there's so many unique feelings in that game but i think yeah the bosses are definitely because and that's where i was talking about like moments where i you know there are some of the boss fights that i'll probably forget but i fought so many bosses in this game and so many of them were so unique that yeah i'm definitely not gonna not gonna forget some of them so that's a that's a great pick my next pick is 
almost like the opposite end of the spectrum. It's from a walking sim, as people call them, from Gone Home. Have you played Gone Home? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to spoil some stuff vaguely. I'll try to keep I'm not going to be too specific. I'm not going to explicitly spoil the ending. But since you've played it, I feel a little bit more free to kind of spoil a little a something. So the game, if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a it's a quote unquote walking sim, which is basically just like a non, you know, there's no combat or puzzles or anything. You're walking through an empty house and you have to sort of piece together this story. And the game doesn't really explicitly guide you. You're kind of free to roam how you want, although there is some level design at play that's trying to guide you in a certain direction. And so there's sort of a unique feeling just with like the eerie disquiet that you feel when you first are exploring the house. Cause you don't really know much about who you are, who lives in this house. You're just figuring all of that out. Um, so there's a little bit of a unique feeling there where it's like kind of scary and un- unnerving. And the game does do some things to make it feel like a horror experience. And if you've never played it and you didn't know anything about it, like me, when I first played it, that's kind of what I thought. I thought this was gearing up to be a horror game. You hear like a, a a TV that's on in another room and you see the glow of it and you hear just like the static and you're like, what's that? And you expect there to be like a jump scare. and There's not, but you still feel like unsettled. But that's not the specific feeling that I want to talk about. The specific feeling has to do with the attic door. So at some point when you're going through the house, you find a door that leads up to the attic and it's framed by all of these red Christmas lights. And at first you're just like, Hmm, I wonder what's up there and you can't get up there. It's locked. And so it's just kind of a curiosity and it looks kind of scary. And at that point in the game, depending on how early you see it, you might still think it's sort of maybe something scary is up there. Maybe something's going to come down from there. I don't know. But the more you start piecing the story together, the more for me, the more dread that I had with opening that door because I won't spoil too many beats, but basically you are finding a story out about your sister. So you realize at some point, I mean, I I don't remember if I knew right away, but you are the daughter of the family that lives in this house and you've been away at college and you're coming back home. So once you kind of realize that you're like, well, where's the family? Where's my family? And does something go wrong? And you find like a plane ticket and like, you know, a note to a neighbor and stuff. And so then you start piecing together that something happened with your sister. There was some kind of conflict. And again, I won't spoil specific story beats, but it starts feeling like you started out playing a horror game and now you're playing a tragedy. And so you revisit that red door, which you get at this point, like this, that's where I have to go. That's the end game. Like that's the last last level is that attic. And now those red lights feel ominous. and the sense of dread that I had walking up to those doors when I was finally, I had the key to unlock them was like, again, like so unique to no other game was able to make me feel that kind of dread of like, I don't know if I want to open this. I kind of want to just stop playing now. I don't know what I'm going to find. I had visions of what I was going to find. And again, I won't spoil what you do find or how I felt, but I'll just say like the, the, the sense of dread um, was again, like so unique. And I can't think of another game that, that gives you that similar and, and again, no combat or anything. It's all right. just environmental storytelling. So yeah, I love, I love that. Well, I was going to say it's a credit to the game's writing and design and like atmosphere that, you know, in a game mechanically, 
where you have not been conditioned to expect anything like literally dangerous to you as like a character, um, you felt an incredible, you know, like terror, you know, in yeah. that, that, that moment. And yeah, ugh, it's so good. Like, yeah, that game is so excellent. And, um, it's a, it's a shame that the guy we, we talked about the story about him, you know, yeah. a couple episodes ago, he's, he seems a little, like a little bit, you know, difficult to work with mean to his employees, but like, um, that, oh, that game is so amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's no, I, I feel like to the, my, my enjoyment for that is what like attracted me to like, um, what remains of Edith Finch, for example, which is on my summer playlist. Cause I think that like, yeah, that, yeah, I don't know that, that kind of style of, of game, there's something so attractive about it. And yeah, how, how like like when you strip down like some of those mechanics, like how curated like worlds can feel and how like 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 you're limiting yourself in certain ways, but like that allows like these other amazing things to happen that you, you maybe wouldn't experience in, in another kind of game. Like could they could they create the same dread in like um I don't know, like uh Spider Man. I don't know, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and, and they they probably could, but because all of this is leading up to that, and you become so invested in the characters, and you you hear like your sister's mixtape, and like you find these like fanzines and stuff, and so you get little bits of their life, but they feel like ghosts because they're not around. You become attached to these characters that you've never seen and never talked yeah. to, and so yeah, you're really invested, um, and that's why I love using this game in the classroom. I don't do it as much with my college students, but when I was teaching high school, I would talk about how video games offered a unique way to tell stories. And I've, I still see people that are sort of dismissive of that because they're like, well, games are getting too quote unquote cinematic. And so they're just doing the same things that film do like films do. And I'm like, but play a game like gone home or what's, you know, I always want to say what's eating. What's what's eating. What's eating grape. Edith, Edith grape. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what is it called? Yeah, what remains of Edith Finch? What or, remains? You know of what? Finch, yeah. This actually reminds me of as we're talking though. Um, uh, Bioshock, like the first one, especially, like yeah. how how you know by the time you get to Rapture, it's dead. But like you learn about the world by exploring the environment in a very similar way. Actually, now I will say in that game. You have good um, physical reasons to be afraid as well. Right. The shotgun moment, thinking about unique gaming moments, the moment with the shotgun and the little spotlight, you're like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, no, that that style is so great. Or even from software games, right, where it's like it's mm-hmm. not a cinematic story in a lot of ways. It's if you want to learn specific things about the world, you're reading item descriptions, you're you're looking at. The, the literal environment, like parts of the map, you know, and you're like, Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Like. And not, not only that, and, and I think that there's pros and cons to it. The con is that you're going to miss stuff. You know what I mean? Because the, you have to find it and you have to put those pieces together, but when they fit, they're so rewarding. Another thing I keep coming back to the blog post is like shards, like crystals in this game are imbued with magic and they like are used by wizards to probably accent, accentuate or something like they're magical and you might say well no duh but other games will tell you that there will be a little note that you pick up that will explain the properties of crystals how they're used all these things 
in Elden Ring, you see them in like a wizard's tower and you're like, oh, so wizards like to have crystals around. And then you find mines where they're like mining them and you're like, oh, so wizards and witches have um, that like basically pay, you know, pay people or threaten people or whatever, get people to mine crystals for them. And then you notice that like powerful wizards and witches have a lot of like uh, Ronnie's tower is like filled with these massive giant crystals and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it, but they don't ever tell you that again. You don't pick up anything. You don't read anything. You just piece together these things. And so I do think that like there's probably plenty of stuff that I missed because the game doesn't do you any favors with like not only the fighting, but also the storytelling. But again, when it when you when it does click and you do see it, it's so much more elegant and rewarding than a game telling you, oh, here, you know, crystals are magical and we're going to write all this lore for you. It's it's still there. They still wrote it, but they're letting the game, they're yeah. letting you experience it. And it's, yeah, it feels so cool. And it's a kind of narrative that games do more like yeah. that, that isn't like cinematic in that same way. Like there are elements that can be cinematic and there are directors who maybe try to do that sort of work, but that's an area where film cannot do that in the same way that a game can. Absolutely not. Yeah. One of my favorite video game quotes of all time is Will Wright, and I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but he said something like, video games are unlike any other medium and that they can make you feel two feelings that other mediums can't, guilt and pride. And I was like, damn, that's kind of true. Like, when you're, you are doing the doing. And so if that doing is something worthy of feeling pride over, like an accomplishment beating a boss, you feel that pride. You're not the character in a book. You're not the character in a movie. You get to watch someone else do that yeah, or read right. someone else do that. And the same thing with guilt. You could do something terrible in a game. You're responsible right. for the actions. There's the, there is action there to feel ownership over. And yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that quote a lot. I, I do, in fairness, I don't think Will Wright ever had the experience of watching Postal because I definitely felt. <laughs> Damn it. Postal undoes all of Will Wright's gaming philosophy. <laughs> I bought this. I'm watching this. I yeah. haven't turned it off. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently the kids in the hall have a reunion show going and i was like if there's no dave foley dick i'm out i'm out no way out. no way yeah no 9-11 <laughs> cold opener yeah, yeah. The, the nuance the famously nuanced 9-11 cold opener for <laughs> the postal movie good lord yeah oh god um I but i like uh, so go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I know people. I, I feel like <laughs> I'm not. I'm not fighting for a, a fair cause here. I think enough people have <laughs> talked to talk critically about the postal movie. <laughs> <laughs> too much of a punching bag. Let's. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It's not, it, it deserves to be, to be beaten up. It is a bottomless well of a. Um, yeah. <laughs> objectionable it, did it, it really did <laughs> what did you have a you have a great quote you know will Wright had a quote but you have a quote of like this movie was outdated the second it was released <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. i forgot that i said that yeah it's that's true <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah like you were saying you were saying i don't think we can say these jokes anymore the second <laughs> it came out in theaters yeah nope <laughs> right because i think movies that you watch that are problematic it's normally like well but you have to consider the time and at the time no 
not with that movie. Like at the time, it was like, nope, this is fucked up. This is pretty shitty. Um, but I like how we keep sort of sprinkling. We like sneak Elden Ring in between. We're like, yeah. what's a unique feeling? Oh, it's this. Kind of like an Elden Ring when you do this. <laughs> but uh, so what's your what's your next feeling? Well, your your next feeling. That sounds weird to say. But yeah, my yeah. next my next feeling on with oh, what was the um like the the relationship advice radio host Delilah. Like where you would call her about like your problems. Like, oh, the, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's kind of it's the kind of radio host that they used in like Sleepless in Seattle. But I think her name was like Delilah. But hey, on with Delilah, tell me, you know what your yeah, <laughs> your, your feelings? Yeah, yeah. what's well, your feelings, listener? Yes. Oh well, I um, I I, I I my heart is aflame thinking about my next pick, and it's something we've actually talked about on the show. But I, Ooh. it's a little bit of a cheat answer, but I don't give a shit because we make we make the rules on the Pretty we Pixels podcast. Yeah, um, guy in charge. My next pick is Bioware Magic. Um, it is a Ooh. very special feeling, and I think you can find it across many of their games, but I think it is at its most potent and concentrated in Mass Effect 2. But this incredible feeling of, like, I'm in the game, I'm making all these decisions, and the game is just responding so beautifully. And, like, it's like the game is like the ultimate improv partner. It's like, yes, ending everything I want. And in a way that makes it feel like it was written for that choice and like so carefully curated and picked out. And um, yeah, what that results in is like such a deep level of like immersion and connection to like the world and the characters and everything that's going on. And like, you just get like sucked into their games and like when they're, when they're, like at the height of their powers, like their games just have such an incredible power to like pull you in and like make you invested and make you feel like you're a part of the world and you're making choices. You're falling in love. You're saving the galaxy. You know, you're determining the fate of the Geth and Quarians alike, you know, and like it's just, it's just incredible. And, the yeah again the 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 feeling which in the moment is like so spontaneous and you know it, it feels so natural like it comes out of like a deeply again like thought out curated you know approach to writing games where there are so many avenues and decisions that like many players including like you and me will never see like case in point the the version of mass effect 3 where morden lives through the the third game you're like what the fuck you know so it's an incredible amount of work but like it creates like such a powerful feeling and that that feeling is what makes that trilogy my favorite series of all time and it's also when i think of like even my favorite game of all time which is the witcher 3 that is a game that is like pulling from that formula, you know, and like using elements of that formula. And, and that is, is a huge part of the reason I love it. Cause, um, yeah, it just, um, it, 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 it does an incredible job of blending the, the freedom I experience in certain like open world games with like the beautiful acting and camera work and like sort of like precision like almost like a cinematic precision of like like a naughty dog game or something so yeah i I just think it's incredible we've talked about franchise fatigue before and how like i've said that i'm kind of i don't like hearing that and i think part of it's coming from at the height of their power i there was a lot of criticism about 
Bioware fatigue and like choice based games and morality system fatigue. And I was a little annoyed with that, not only because like it feels like right when something starts getting popular, immediately you have people jumping into be right. like, this thing kind of sucks, actually. I don't want any more of this, too much of this. I've seen people say that about open world games. Elden Ring, massively successful. A lot of people love it, us included. And yet people are like, enough with the open world games. And I'm like, like why can you <laughs> right they keep being the, like the games that we like you know yeah. what i mean the breath of the wild elden ring like they they are good games like there are other games that do exist that are not open world games so i don't know but the bioware thing the reason it was so frustrating is because i was like no i want more of this i want more companies to do this in part because when you give the player more choice over whatever it is morality systems relationships you allow them to feel the things that they would normally have to imagine. So like I'm used, I was used to like, I loved RPGs and I loved the story and the gameplay in the RPG, but then I would also do my own fantasizing to kind of fill in things that I, that weren't present for me. So an example is final fantasy eight. I love that game. It's one of my favorite final fantasies. I'm going to try to play it again this summer. I love the characters, but the love story is between squall and god damn it i'm forgetting her name i want to say tifa it's it's not tifa but like i you don't get to choose your romantic partner it has a very specific story set in stone and so like in my version of the story i'm like i kind of want to get with quistus this like hot teacher you know i'm like that's kind of she would be my romantic interest and so i have this own fantasy version in my head where we're actually together and we actually kind of get together And Bioware games said, well, what if we let you do that? What if there's a version of this game that one person can play and they get with this character, but another person, because they want to play it differently, gets with this character? Or what if we let them align with the bad characters? Because Edia, the witch, is also up on my list. She's she's a mega hottie. And, um, you know, and so I would probably have another playthrough where I romanced her and Bioware gives you those options and they get more and more. They they expand it more and more with each game. You play the early Bioware games and you're like, "Ooh, you could date one of two people like at the time that was thrilling. But later on, it's like, here's your eight romanceable characters, you know, and it was just then when people were like, eh, enough of these like choice based systems. And I'm like, no, no more. Keep Give me doing it. More. And they transferred yeah. across games. That was a first for yes. me. I had never experienced that before. Right. And that's so, and, and, and even now, like we talked about with the mass effect episode, companies have tried and companies have like succeeded in their own ways, but no one's got gotten it right. Like the mass effect trilogy. Yeah, did. So for sure. Yeah. So I, that's, that was, I like, I, that's a great answer. I didn't even think about that one, but that, you know, I want more of that. So, <laughs> yes. And Bioware, you can be your own hero in the story, yes. by the way. Like you could, you could answer your own call, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and just come out with this new Dragon Age game, just like come out swinging, like just the Bioware of old. Oh man. I, I, I get excited just thinking about that. Oh. Well, that's another thing is like we didn't report this in the news because I it, it seems corroborated by some reliable sources. But there are are significant rumors that EA is looking to sell or merge, which is fucking wild to me, yeah. Like even more than Activision Blizzard. EA has been around for so long. They have such a wide 
range of properties and studios. If that happens, and it seems like supposedly, according to the articles, they're really dedicated, like they're really trying, like they've they've kind of failed at the attempts that they've made so far, but they're really insistent. I hope Bioware detaches. I hope that that's not part of the deal. I hope Bioware says there's a clause in our contract or whatever. We're going independent or we're going to sell to even Microsoft. Even, you know what I mean? They had a relationship with Microsoft during the Xbox 360 era. Oh. I would be fine with that. Like, That'd I don't care amazing. who. Go to, go to a parent company that will let you hire more people and, you know, get back to that magic and have a really healthy working environment and just a, a, an environment in which you can thrive. Please, please. Yeah, like Phil Spector is like we. This is our like flagship thing. We want to we and we will give you whatever you need. Like build, not unlike Mass Effect Two. Like then we will be your Cerberus minus all of the questionable, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unethical experiments and you know activities. But like here's your ship and like you assemble your team. You know, and we'll spare no expense. Martin Sheen is the head of, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Although, it's, just, it's Phil Spector in front of a dying star with a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, wait a minute. Aren't you the bad guy? He's like, shut up. I brought you um, back from the dead by where you'll do what yeah, I want. <laughs> you have to, exactly. You have to. It's the entire premise of this portion of your story. Um now that I think about it, though, actually, Sony might be a better fit because yeah. Microsoft has Bethesda and the Bethesda RPGs and the Mass and the Bioware RPGs were growing. And I think maybe because of competition, we're sort of borrowing from each other. And so, like, maybe that would be healthy for them. Maybe, you know, having them both in the same parent company would discourage that to some extent. I don't know. Or maybe they could share technology. Again, I don't care as long as the people who work there are happy and yes. feel that they have the money and support to make the next great mass effect, the next great dragon age. That's what I want. So when Sony to their credit, they have shown a deep commitment to like rich single player story driven experiences, you know, yeah. and, and like have developed a bit of a reputation for like, this is where the auteur game developers go and like they make their like very, you know, um, prestige, high quality, you know, titles that, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like that. And they, and they, they, um, they, they all play together really well. Like there's a ton of collaboration between studios under Sony's banner. So maybe, yeah, maybe go there. And I already have a PS5. So yeah, we're yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wherever, yeah, that's true though. Wherever you go, I have a system to play it. So just pick, pick one by right. where. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll follow you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially if Sony gave them the same freedom that they're giving, um, Bungie. Bungie's still has the ability to publish across multiple platforms. Like if really, if you wanted to do that, like use some of the technology that Bioware has for, you know, unique complex, you know, storytelling, take that and, or just have PlayStation exclusive content and still publish on PC or Xbox or whatever. So can you imagine a Mass Effect game with like the environments and like character design and animation of like the last of us part two? Ah, oh my god, the level of detail of the character. Uh, When Ashley rolls over and puts her hand (laughs) on my chest, like her hand doesn't look like it's been 
dipped in acid and frozen. <laughs> so your your nightmares about your relationship are going to be so more vivid because you're seeing her at oh, like no. sixty frames per second with like stretching pores on her hand, and uh, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> it's real, it's too real. <laughs> Back to the doctor. <laughs> Tell us about these nightmares. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. I see a pink suit of armor. <laughs> I want to. That's, that's why part of the reason why I, get, I think I was so frustrated is like I like her design. She's beautiful. Her armor looks really cool. She's badass, and she's a fucking space racist. God damn it! <laughs> You're at Eden, Eden Prime, and um, Kane's like, we should go help her. You're like, no, no. I I think. <laughs> yeah, we, the mission comes first. We should let her right. and their space companion die, you know, at the hands and of the guy. Yeah. Right. And she, and, and the, the part, the problem is that she's unrepentant. Cause like I said, that's where I was fooled because people were like, Oh, she gets so much better in Mass Effect 3. And I thought that there would be repentance, like her being like, I've learned and no, like she does, she doesn't, she's not worse and her, she's toned it down. She doesn't, like if you just played the third game, you probably wouldn't even think that she's a space racist. But my problem is that she doesn't. There's no growth. You know what I mean. So I still I still know what she's feeling deep down, and she's made no effort to like, you know, complicate that or, un, you know, prove it wrong. And so I think deep down she's still a space racist, which fucking sucks. She's she's gotten better at hiding it. <laughs> yeah. Behind her beautiful pink armor that you love. Ah, damn it. It looks so cool. Oh, shit. Well. Oh, well. <laughs> she, can't, she can't be in the next game, right? So there's, yeah, there's that. she can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my final feeling has is somewhat, is kind of similar in the sense that it is based on uh, something unique to well, I'll just uh, it's Red Dead Redemption Two Ooh. coming back to camp. Like, there's lots of unique things about Red Dead Redemption Two. Rockstar has their own kind of magical formula that they have with games, but for me, like the game doesn't even require this specific thing, so I don't know how universal it is. But I find myself, I found myself embracing the kind of sim social aspect of the campsite. So, like, I would leave on some adventure, like, maybe to go explore, like, an unknown point of interest on the map. So, you get to, like, a new campground or a new area, and you pull out your map, and there's all these question marks and, like, little things where you're like, ooh, that looks like something. And so, I'd leave on these expeditions, and I'd end up staying away for a few days or more because I get caught up in, like, exploration, and I'm, like, out there camping on my own and, like, hunting or fishing to survive. And so, when I decide to go back to the base camp with the whole group, the gang... I'm like dirty and I kind of feel tired, you know, that's just a, a, again, kind of a sim thing where it's like, I feel like I've been out there. I'm so disconnected and lonely. And so I pull into camp with my horse. I hitch Freya. That's my horse's name. Um, hitch her up and I like feed her some hay and a peppermint patty. Cause I need to give her something substantial cause she's worked really hard, uh, but also something sweet, a little treat. And so she's eating that as I'm like brushing her down and I'm like whispering her, whispering to her, like, I love her. And she did really good. And these are the moments, by the way, that I think of when we talked about other moments later in the game. Yes. But um, I'm like whispering her. I'm like, thank you so much. Like, so such a good horse. And then I walk through camp and I'm like greeting people as I go. And people are like, hey, you know, hey, Morgan. And then I, I need a bath, but I didn't stop for one in like strawberries. So like there's the, the barrel water. 
And so I like wash my face and like, that's going to have to do. It feels refreshing. I feel pretty good. And the entire time I've been on the road, I've been eating like, you know, cans of like peaches and stuff. So I want something like fresh and hot. And luckily there's a kettle full of stew right on the fire. So I get my tin pan out, scoop some food into it. And I'm kind of shoveling it into my mouth as I walk around camp and chat with people. I'm talking with like John and Abigail and they're having a squabble and seeing what they're up to. Uh, and then I finish up my food and I head to bed completely exhausted and just feeling the comfort of having people around for the first time. And I wake up, people are slowly kind of crawling to life. I make myself presentable, splash my face again, and pour myself a cup of hot coffee that's on the fire, which that's it was like one of my favorite things to do. And I just kind of sip it as I walk around and again, like check in with people. Mary Beth is there. And that speaking of like the Bioware thing, which is kind of the tie I was going to make is like, I can't romance Mary Beth in this game, but in my kind of fantasy, I do. She's very pretty and kind. Um, and so I like going around and chat. She's like my number. Like I'll go to her in the morning and chat with her. Uh, and then when I'm done, I greet Freya again and I feed her a carrot and an oat cake again, something like a little bit of a treat, but also something to kind of, you know, fuel her up for the, the day. Um, and then a new bout of adventuring. And then I saddle up and I ride out and that whole just little experience is probably my absolute favorite thing in the whole game. There's so many things again to like about that game, but I can't think of another game where I have like even the Bioware games where you have like a camp thing, which I do want to do like camp scenes and games at some point, like have a whole episode. You have a camp and you get to chat with your people, but it's different. There's something about, again, like kind of writing in and everyone's kind of doing their own thing and you have your own routine that you kind of you're a part of this, but you're also kind of doing your own thing. Ah, I love that. In that yeah. Game. Well, and speaking of like that thing of like writing hours and hours of content that most players will never see, um, the number of camp conversations, like if there was a script just for like camp conversations between different you and other characters or characters and different characters. Yeah. That it would be like this thick, you know, like at least like 10,000 pages of dialogue, you know, and animations, you know, and yeah, no, the camp, the camp is ridiculous. And it's actually like to the point where like, I had to let this go, but I was like, I'm going to see every single, I'm going to have every camp moment, kind of like in Mass Effect, where you're like, I'm going to talk to every single crewmate, and you can like check it off, you know, after a couple playthroughs, you're like, okay, that's everyone. I think I've hit everyone. But, um, right. and, and Red Dead 2, yeah, you could play that game for a thousand years, and I bet still find, you know, something new going on at camp that you haven't noticed before. Like, this only happens if you beat Hosea at a game of dominoes and then talk to Mary Beth right after. And then he says a special thing to, uh, you know, Dutch or whatever. And you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> right. Cause I played that game for, I don't know, probably like 150 plus hours. And at, just as you said, I would be talking to someone like you or tab and you would say something like, Oh yeah. Did you, I, I love that part with Hosea where he did this thing or whatever. And I'm like, that never happened because I don't prioritize Hosea. Like in these stops, when I stop, I'm like, I might check in and sometimes the game will draw you to someone. So like the camera will swivel to someone and they'll come up to you and say like, Hey, I need you. I want to talk or will you play dominoes with me or whatever? But a lot of times they don't. And so I will check in with kind of everyone over time, but I don't prioritize certain people. And so 
like you said, I miss out on stuff and people will be like, Oh, don't you think it wasn't so funny when this person did this? And I'm like, never, never fucking saw that. Played it like 150 plus hours and never, never saw it. And it wasn't, you know, again, it's not like, I don't even think you can do a completionist run. As you said, there's so many different variations that you'd probably have to play through multiple times to get the exact combination of things. Yeah. And even then people are still discovering new things in yeah. Red Dead and Red Dead Online. So Well, and there's so many variables like like weather, um, your honor level, which camp you're at, because your camp moves throughout the game and there are interactions that are camp specific. Yeah. Oh gosh, you know, there there's just so much so much share, or like what you're wearing, you know, even like, you know, uh, the will change yeah. their dialogue with you. I will say there have been times where I knew I looked fucking good, but because I was wearing, <laughs> because I was wearing stuff from the, um, the, uh, oh, what's his name? The like pelt guy, like the, you know, it's something I've, I've hunted. Everyone's yeah, always yeah. like, oh my God, what are you wearing? I'm like, this looks good. This is a tasteful jacket. E- easy. Easy. Okay. You're covered in mud and there are flies all around you because we're in a swamp. I don't want you. You Get off your high horse is all I have to say. You know, like. And they're like, yeah, well, get your horse off you. You're wearing the skin of a horse. And you're like, well. Yeah. That, that's, you know. That, that was actually a good come back in the context of our conversation, but fuck, <laughs> fuck you. I can't, I can't, I can't believe you would say this to me. <laughs> How I, dare you. Then I stormed to my, my room and crying. <laughs> my, or my tent. Oh, that's the worst thing. If you, cause red, the world of red dead is a very stressful world. If you need to have like a good emotional cry, but you, you just live in tents. Oh, how awful would that be? No soundproofing. Right. Everyone knows. Like, oh my God. Paul, yeah. and, Paul and Joey have been in that tent crying for six hours because oh, we said they're they're matching they're matching uh, coyote skin boots look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh guys, look what we found! <laughs> That's how people could probably be eaten by alligators because you're like, I'll just go out by the bayou and have a good cry. And the alligators are like, hmm. Mm, salted pre-salted and marinated for me thank you <laughs> yeah to so, extend that though like you said you have different campsites so i'm thinking of that one particular one where you find that like abandoned house yeah and it is by a swamp same and that was my favorite one that's the one where i felt the most comfortable and there wasn't quite as much much discord in the group then later when you're at a campsite by a cave yeah that's why i didn't like going home yeah it's so like, sad yeah, I love everything's falling apart. I love the one by the water where you had a little boat that you could row out and go fishing in. Yeah, that one was that one too. And that that was the best for taking. Yeah, if you couldn't take like a fancy bath at a hotel, you could just dive into the water yeah. <laughs> and take a and take a more inexpensive like bath with all your clothes on. Like <laughs> 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 there's a vine of like a, a teenage girl doing that. Well, fully dressed. Um, I'll, I'll have to reference it later. Listeners, if you know which vine I'm talking about, write in. Remind me. Please <laughs> let me know. Um, no, I love that one. And then the first one you're at's kind of cool. Not the one in the mountains where it's snowy and you're like, Jesus Christ, are we going to die? Um, but uh, right. the one, the one where you're on like the hill, like yeah, and you have the the party at, and you dance with Mary Beth, and you're like, oh my god, we're going to get together. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you don't. And then your head cannon, you do. Yeah. In my head cannon, Mary Beth. So pretty. Like, that's another thing is like, I wish Rockstar would learn a little from because 
BioWare kind of, I don't know if they started that, but they were like the big kind of popular ones that had these romance options. And I'm, I'm, I love that Bethesda was like, okay, people want that, you know, cause then, you know, by Fallout 4, I'm romancing Curie and getting her turned into like a humanoid body and all that stuff. So yes, please. Other companies, yeah. Rockstar, I know you like doing your own thing. But come on, come on! Let us romance some people. Booby baby, CD Project Red did it. Yeah, they and it's great. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Except. <laughs> yeah. We we need that. We already brought up Ashley Williams so much. We don't need to bring up your other deep video okay. game heartache. Her Damn. name is her name. Her name is Judy Alvarez. But that's <laughs> all. <laughs> it's so painful. So painful. She's so Joey's type in every way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God damn it, God. Yeah. And her 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 like romance mission is genuinely it's so amazing like it is incredible it's more incredible if you're not going through it being like oh <laughs> I picked the wrong gender at the start of this game God we're, damn it. we're diving down there and she's like look at this old gasty and I'm like you know this would be so romantic but <laughs> wait J- Joey what are you doing to your um your oxygen tube why are you <laughs> <laughs> it is weird because i i felt i genuinely felt sad in that mission because i still at that point because again i played it right when it came out and, and i wasn't i was trying not to look up guys and stuff i had seen something that said that she wasn't romanceable but it was like an untrustworthy source and so i still had hope at that point but mostly i kind of knew you know and so i was like i know that this is the part where we go through this whole thing and if she's if she's romanceable something's going to happen after this. But again, something deep inside me knew. So the whole time she's showing me all this stuff, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> she's like, this is, this could be, I tried to impress a girl that I liked over here. And you're like, yeah, that doesn't, I mean, that's great for you. Yeah. And that doesn't bode well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The calm was breaking up. You said you try to romance a, a who? Oh, okay, a girl. Yeah, I thought, I thought it, that that's, that's what you said. But. She's like, Joey, just, I want to thank you for being such a good, friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> yeah. i guess <laughs> friendship that you're okay joey <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. can i ask yeah. you relationship advice about us no yeah. yeah we're doing great we're best friends about yeah. <laughs> we don't need any help we're perfect <laughs> as we are <laughs> may, may it never change okay. perfect and unchanging yeah yes. <laughs> um. and that game is cruel and that like bioware games it won't even give you the chance to like make an advance if it's not gonna happen but um right and those for it's the same for pan am i had the option to like hit on her and i didn't take it because i i knew and i also had eyes for another at that moment as well but like i can only imagine the the like middle school dance levels of you know horrible anxiety at getting rejected you know? <laughs> especially because like you said like judy is so my type that i felt then bad going for pan am because i was like yeah i guess you know what i mean like i felt you know it just felt so inauthentic uh, because she's great too yeah. I, I do really like her she's awesome but she's like kind of a distant second to Judy for me. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go out. Let's go out. Sure. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, speaking, I guess, speaking of unique feelings, <laughs> being, <laughs> being friend zoned in a video game. <laughs> yes, and it's not anyone's uh, fault. We're not, no we're not blaming fault. anybody. It's just not at all. Sometimes yeah. you got a little, a little crush and just the, yeah. the heart, the heart is ten, it's a tender organ. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, especially like we talked about at the time, like I appreciate that they do that. I would rather characters have a, like sexuality and gender that makes them more of a unique character and more of a believable, fully fleshed out real character than just have every character be romanceable by everyone. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that in the structure of the game. It just didn't work out in my favor in this one instance. So, <laughs> but it's kind of, it is an immersive experience in the game though, because you're like, man, I really I think about that even now. Now that the game's yeah. over, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but that's why I look forward to. You know, maybe like kind of what Sony is doing where studios are sharing resources and tools because I feel like we're more likely to get a an, an immersive RPG like that where it's not like it took a lot of work for us to write and code eight characters that you could romance. We have systems in place where it's easy for us to give you 64 different characters that have 64 different types of relationships like we talked about with Cyberpunk where you could just hook up with a character, you know, that kind of happens in the Witcher three, but there's still, it's still, you're very limited to how many characters you can romance in the Witcher three. There's really only two main ones, one kind of side one. And then like you can have sex with, am I wrong? Is there, is there more than that? Yeah. Well, for relationship relationship, there's only like two. And then there's probably like outside of just like random NPCs that you can have sex with in the game. Um, and have like a little fling with there's probably like well well, let's count them down we got Sienna we have um, Kira we have um, Shawnee and oh and then we have that spy lady (laughs) um, who you do the quest for the Gwent tournament if you remember that one Um, and then there's There's like a a swordswoman in Skellige who sleeps with you at the end of her quest if you want. So, okay, so you have like five flingable romances that I can think of. There may be more. I'll tell you if Taylor is on it, but she would know. But um, I need to replay this game because I I feel like I missed most of those. (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) That's why it's called a wild hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're loading up old says, yeah, come on, come on, come on. (laughs) Did I do that quest? Yeah, I I was only remembering Kira as being like a substantial fling, but I must have missed those other ones. I was, but yeah, okay, so that's still a substantial number, but um, it's still limited. You know what I mean? Like I, I want, like we were talking about with cyberpunk, if there's like a character who you're like, damn, she's kind of hot, but I don't know if I want like a full on thing. I want that option. I think that would be cool. So maybe in the future, maybe that's, that's in the cards and we'll be talking yeah. about that unique feeling of being able to date almost any NPC, any substantial NPC. Yeah. And have it carry yeah. through the game, get like cute little texts from them. Like as you're yeah. going on adventures, you're like, Ooh. Um, can I throw in, by the way, cause we're, we're, we're at the end of our list, but can I throw in like a, a, a mini feeling honorable mention that I think you will resonate with, um, in Ghost of Tsushima, the feeling when you land a perfect parry and like, you hit it in time, it's like ping, 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 and then, and like time stops 
you see the face of God herself and you're like, yes. And then like, (laughs) it it is so satisfying and like, no, it is incredible. And like, it makes you want to hit them all the time. And what's great is uh, the the DLC for the game gives you an armor set that looks amazing, by the way. It is, uh, it was my favorite outfit of 2021. Um, yeah, but uh, it was so good, but, um, and it has like a cursed monkey theme. It's so cool. Anyway, um, it rewards (laughs) that style of gameplay. So it's built around you landing parries and then punishing enemies with like a devastating follow-up attack. Like even bosses like are just, they can't get away from it. And it's really, really cool. So I, I love parrying in that game. Ah, magnifique. Absolutely. Like I had heard people talk about parrying for other games and I'm like, it's not, it's never felt rewarding to me. So I'm more of like a, I'd rather just roll around or dodge or block or whatever. Um, pairing is normally like too tricky and then it's so tricky. And then when it, you pull it off, it's like, mm. but in that game, like you said, when you get it and it, there is, there, that's time really does slow down a little bit and you have that moment to retaliate and just run your blade through them or decapitate them or whatever. Ah, exactly. I, I, I mirror your feelings 100%. Um, but I think, yeah, that's, that's about it. And I think that, like I said, the more I thought about it, the more, even in this episode, we've come up with other examples. So, down the road, a piece will probably have another one of these because I, I just love talking about video games, period, but also talking about unique video game experiences. So this has been a lot of fun. I hope you had fun, mm-hmm. listener. And if not, because we keep telling people to write in terrible stuff. So I'm going to I'm going to stay with that theme. If not, and you just want to you're like, how the fuck dare you miss this example? Or how? why did you keep bringing up Elden Ring? You can write to us at Pretty Pixels Podcast. <laughs> at gmail.com and we will fully read your email on the air and we'll be humbled by it. Yes. Well, we'll not really. We'll probably make fun of you. But. Yeah, we, we will, but we will like, we'll, we'll do it in a way that you'll, you'll be satisfied with like how stupid we are. Like you'll be like, yeah. Oh my gosh, those, those, those goofballs, like, man, <laughs> there they go. There they go. And you'll, you'll be so nice. Try. You'll be everything, everything you've critiqued about us will have been true, you know, even yes. more so in our response to what you say. So you'll be like well, vindicated. Yeah. Right. We'll be making fun of you and roasting you, but you, you'll be able to tell that we're crying. Yeah. You'll hear the tear. We'll be like, you, you said, yeah. you forgot a comma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you'll you'll feel like you share a camp with us in Red Dead Redemption too, and we're we're in the tent over. <laughs> I thought this alligator and then skin cowboy hat was cool looking. <laughs> but yeah, right, right. To you can also write nice stuff. That would be yeah, that'd be, that'd nice. be nicer. Still, to be honest, we we are sensitive over at the yeah, Pretty Pixels podcast. Very sensitive people for sure. So so nice stuff leave us a review if you want on a podcast platform of your choice uh you can find us on social media i'm on twitter at lotterman i don't normally plug my instagram because i always forget what my handle is but it's all pictures of my cat Velatrix. so if you want to see pictures of her i post pretty pretty regularly um and outside of that i think that's about it so thank you for you know what oh did you have something yes I, I I can't guarantee that they will bring Nicole Kidman into the uh, <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi show, but something equally as satisfying to that would be you picking up Thronebreaker by CD Projekt Red. It takes place in the Witcher universe. Um, the world is incredible. The characters are incredible. 
The core mechanic of Gwent, which is everybody's favorite minigame from The Witcher 3, is alive and well and thriving in that game. Um, you'll be playing so much Gwent, you'll have a great time. And it is on sale, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joey, on the PlayStation Store right now for $5.99. $5.99. You can't... You Massive. Can't, you, you, like, you can't even get a, a, a foot long from Subway for $5.99 anymore. It's incredible. Like, what an incredible deal. So... Pick it up, you know, it is it is delightful. Um, write in about it. Um, we'll find one another. Um, don't don't be my don't be don't be Joey's Judy Alvarez to me. You know, don't let me be <laughs> apart from you. If you're loving this game, write in, let me know, and we'll we'll talk about it on the show. We'll we'll bring up whatever email you send, it'll be great. So yes, check it out. Thronebreaker on the PlayStation Store, five ninety nine, baby. Yeah, look forward to hearing more about it because I fucking bought it because five ninety nine. You know, because we've talked about it before. Obviously, you like bring it up every episode, but I put it on my wish list. But it's it's I'm still hesitant because I'm not like even with Gwent. I I will admit I'm kind I'm kind of a dummy when it comes to Gwent. I couldn't quite figure it out, and so I played enough to like you like you i think it's required for at least one quest so like i played enough to do it and like i tried to get into it but i kept thinking i'll play it later i'll get into it later i never did but i've been told that it's really rewarding when you do and so then when you were talking about this game i was like mm, like it doesn't like i'm nervous to get into it but i'll put it on my wish list and if it goes on sale and it went on a massive like 70 percent off or yeah. something so yeah, I snatched it right up. So. Oh, Joey, this is breaking news. How could we not cover this in the news segment? This is right up there with, uh, yeah, yeah. Achievements for PS1 games, Joey getting Thronebreaker. Yeah. Well, Joey, I am thrilled. And, uh, yeah, I, and, and what I would say to you or to anyone who has reservations about the, the card stuff, um, there's a mode in there where, you know, you can, you can try it and enjoy it. But if you hit any point in the game where you're like, this, match is just like you know i'm hitting my head against the wall you can just move past it and keep moving with the story so there there are ways to get into it but i think joey i think you'll love it once you once you get into it like i think you'll really enjoy it so i i think playing it in a different dis in a different context because playing it in the game I, i'm still like i'm like i need i'm trying to go explore stuff you know what i mean i want to go fight monsters and like yeah find more people to have fling with things with because apparently I missed them. <laughs> so it feels like a distraction. Whereas if that's the game, I'm more likely to be like, yes, let me fully take in this tutorial. Let me learn the mechanics. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. So now retroactively throwing it on my summer. Playlist, so. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. This is the best ending to an episode we've ever done. This is amazing. I might, I, <laughs> I might be dead. You know, if the, if this doesn't get me, or I should say if the Obi-Wan episodes don't get me, this might, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah, I saved it. Cause we, in our group chat, our pretty pixels group chat, uh, I posted a picture to the sale and, Paul was like, do it like the <laughs> Star Wars gifts. And I was like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Is that what he says? Yeah. So. Kylo Ren. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like, I'm going to leave him hanging until the episode. So, so what a, what a response. Uh, so thank you for that. Now uh, I'm extra charged to play it. So amazing. I was worried that you had full on like lightsabered me Hanzo style. And I, <laughs> I would just touch the side of your face and then fall. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the alternate, uh, it's the, it's the, the alternate force awakens scene where he's like, 
throws his lightsaber off the edge and they hug and Han Solo and and his son are reunited. He's not Han Solo anymore. He's Han family. um, (laughs) Han loving father. (laughs) And then they like, they get Snoke's address and they just like, as a father and son, just like kick the shit out of him. (laughs) We rule the universe. (laughs) And then they high five. Yeah. As father and son. (laughs) I like they get Snoke's address. (laughs) Yeah. Cause in the first movie, Galactic yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Galactic <laughs> way. So, like, call the sack or <laughs> did you, did, did Han, did you update your GPS? Cause I, yeah. we are off the map. Yeah. <laughs> What's the parking situation there? Because <laughs> I always have trouble on these outer rim. Plans. You know what's funny though? Even in this, like, hilarious and ridiculous scenario, um, it makes way more sense in this scenario that he would be wearing his outfit from the last Jedi, like that gold lame, <laughs> <laughs> like robe, like night robe. <laughs> what? He, what time is it? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bam. What are you doing here? <laughs> what, my my young apprentice. Yeah, my come apprentice. To, and Han, I told you to kill him. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were trouble. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. I'm going to try to get the show edited tonight because I'm going to be out of town tomorrow and watching Obi-Wan. But if if not, then I apologize. It's probably going to go up late. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me, Paul. A pleasure as always. Next week, we're talking about our favorite weapons in games. And now after playing Elden Ring, I feel like we might have some some new entries. So listen to that. Like I said, write to us, find us on social media, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. My gift is my song. And this one's for you. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing.